Hey fam, we are quickly approaching the arrival of the Showcase of the Immortals to MetLife Stadium. So that means the fourth wall WrestleCast is throwing a party. The fourth wall team will be hosting the first ever fourth wall WrestleMania tailgate event with proceeds benefiting the Ronald McDonald House Charities on Sunday, April 7th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For the cost of only $5, your entry fee will benefit the Ronald McDonald House Charities and includes all-you-can-eat food, sodas, beer, and other refreshments, as well as access to fun games like your favorite wrestler's entrance contest, WWF Old School Trivia, the Fourth Wall Cornhole Tournament Extravaganza. But that's not all. There's going to be raffles and prizes and music and special guests and so much more. The tailgate will be streaming live throughout the day on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash fourthwallcast. More information will be available on the Fourth Wall's Facebook page as well as on their Twitter page at fourthwallcast. You can also visit rantwithant.com or go to patreon.com slash fourthwallwrestlecast for more details, times, and location as we get closer to the event. Once again, come join the Fourth Wall fam at the WrestleMania tailgate party on April 7th at MetLife Stadium from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with proceeds benefiting the Ronald McDonald House Charities. So come be a part of the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. I have something to say! Mamma mia! Hey, yo! Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the King Kong is climbing the Empire State Building, but here comes the Calvary! Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother! Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help it. That I'm custom made, I can't help it that I look good, smell good, woo, can dance all night long. And here is your host, the baby face of podcasting, JC Bowie. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? One question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. This is the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. You can check us out every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network, available on all major podcast platforms. I am your host with the most, the babyface of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And I am accompanied by my good brother, the good doctor, Doc Haas. 
Our third man, Johnny Smarks, is out on assignment in sunny California this weekend. Oh. Lucky him. See, unlike, unlike, unlike me... He's really nice about it. Like when I was in Florida, I was throwing it in all in all our faces. faces. <laughs> I was like, "Guess who's not doing that miserable yep. late December weather in New Jersey?" This guy. I get excited just thinking about it. So you call yourself the host of the most, but you know what you don't have the most of in the that? fourth wall wrestling. What is that? Hair, baby. That one right. falls to me. Yes, Ooh. out of everyone in, in this team, the one that has hair is Doc. And he has and I have a hair, luscious, and I have enough for three of you. luscious, long, long curly hair. Anyway, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to episode 17, the Super Show of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. If you enjoy the Fourth Wall experience and want to know how you can show your support, let me tell you a few different ways. First, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FourthWallCast. And coming soon, we're going to be launching our Facebook page, facebook.com slash FourthWallCast. Second, you could also buy our merchandise. Go to represent.com and search for Wrestle Addict Radio. Right now, we have t-shirts and hoodies available for sale, and we're going to have more merch and new logos and designs coming soon. Last but not least, join the Fourth Wall fam by going to patreon.com slash fourthwallwrestlecast. And for as low as $1 a month, you will receive early access to our weekly shows. $3 gets you early gets you exclusive content and five and ten dollars gets you all of that and so much more so once again it's patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast please come join the fam and please show your support we've been talking about wrestlemania coming up in a few weeks and please don't forget the fourth wall wrestlecast is hosting the fourth wall wrestlemania tailgate party held in the parking lot of metlife stadium five dollar admission gets you all you could eat food sodas, beers, games, prizes, kayfabe, and so much more. All proceeds will be donated to the Ronald McDonald House Charities, so we hope to see you at the 4th Wall WrestleMania tailgate. On today's show, Doc and I are going to talk about some NXT. We're going to discuss uh, Tommaso Ciampa's injury and the state of NXT's main event scene. We're also going to discuss what we know so far for WrestleMania 35. They have seven matches booked so far. That's, that's essentially halfway there. So we're go- then we're going to take an adventure on the indies. We're going to talk about some AEW news and updates. Then we're going to discuss the rest of the WrestleMania 35 card and where we think it's going to go from here. So without further ado, Doc, let's talk some NXT. So let's we mentioned talk. it last week. Tommaso Ciampa has a neck injury. Uh, he had a successful surgery already yeah. this week. Um, the tapings that they just recorded uh, this week, they finally announced it uh, at the tapings that Tommaso Ciampa will have to relinquish the NXT championship, and they're going to determine who's going to fight for the title at TakeOver New York. So with that being said, we already discussed that a little bit last week, but now with Ciampa out of the picture, let's talk about the main event scene in NXT, the state of NXT, and what does this mean for the most recent call-ups that we've seen on the main roster? That includes Gargano, Ricochet, and Aleister Black. So, Doc, what are your thoughts on, on this topic? Uh, well, 
there's still a lot of talent in NXT. Regardless of the recent call-ups, you still have the Velveteen Dream. You still have Matt Riddle. You still have Keith Lee. You still have the Undisputed Era. You still have the War Raiders. Dijak. Like, you still Martinez. You have, you have, you have an up-and-coming Dijak. If Punishment Martinez is coming up. Like, there's plenty of talent down there. Like, Tommaso Champ, yeah, it's a, it's a shitty injury because he's the, he is the top guy. He is the number like. That's why it sucks. It's like losing your fucking team captain. It's like if the Cleveland Browns lost Odell Beckham Jr. for the fucking season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cleveland yeah. Browns. Anyway, <laughs> like it's not the end of the fucking world, okay? It really isn't. There's plenty of talent there. You still have guard. You still have the recent call-ups. They're going to be involved in the storylines to at least take over WrestleMania or take over Brooklyn or whatever the fuck they're calling this takeover. Right. Okay. Are they calling it takeover Brooklyn? What are they calling? They're calling it? it takeover New York, even though it's going to be held. Takeover in New York. Okay. Takeover New York. Even should though takeo- even though takeovers takeover in Brooklyn. New Jersey. I know. It even though be- takeovers in Brooklyn, but Mania's in Jersey, it's still New York. But it's all right. Oh, is the fucking Prudential Center not available? Like, are you I, fucking I, kidding me? <laughs> You're the fucking. Pl- Mania in Jersey was the fucking, which by the way, is way nicer than the Barclays Center. Yep. Was it not fucking available? I don't think the Peru Center is big enough for uh, for something like Mania anyway. I don't think it fits enough. People. No, not for Mania, for oh, TakeOver. For TakeOver. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, for TakeOver, for TakeOver, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, Mania, Mania, Giants, yeah, yeah. Anyways, there's plenty of talent there. Gargano's going to be a part of storylines leading up to TakeOver New York. Um, you still have, I think I mentioned the Velveteen Dream. This could be an opportunity to put the title on the Dream. Oh, no, to, to get the uh, um, North American title off the Dream, mm-hmm. maybe leading up to Mania and put the world title on him. There's a lot of different things you could do here. There's definitely, I, I don't think there's, they, they, there's no lack of talent in NXT. Uh, I agree with you, man. They're not hurting right now. If Chomp, yeah, it sucks that Chomp is out because he is one of the top guys in NXT WWE period. All, right wrestling. Now. All, yeah, wrestling. all wrestling. All wrestling. All wrestling. But you know what? It's not like we haven't seen this before in the past. We've seen guys like John Cena, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, uh, Edge, Triple, H. Triple H. H. They've all had to go Multiple on extended, extended leaves because of injuries, but they always come back bigger and better than ever. And Undertaker. Undertaker. Ciampa already did it once, and when he came back, he was he reinvented himself. Maybe. Will we see a re- another reinvented Champa when he returns no. again, or is he going to? That thing was reinvented Champa. He'll just he'll tweak it a little bit. But he's not. This is going to be. Well, here's the, the thing. Tommaso Champa we see for the rest of our of Tommaso Champa's wrestling career is going to be loosely based around what we're seeing right now. You know, Shawn Michaels' character was always loosely based around his arrogance, no matter what. Right. Like yeah. to, the thing that Tommaso is now, and I don't know, this is the swagger he has. Mm-hmm. That's going to define his whole career, and, and then he's going to take that swagger and use it in different ways over the next ten to ten to fifteen years or so while he's in WWE or in any promotion wrestling. Right. Well, the only reason I, I think that there's a possibility that we, we could see another another version of Champa is because he's going to be out for eight to fourteen months. That's a long Ooh. fucking time. <laughs> You know, if he, if he doesn't come back till yeah. after Mania, uh, after WrestleMania 36, 
I mean, he could very – that's a good enough time then. I mean, a lot can change in the state of wrestling between now and then. So he'll right. have to view it from where he's at, from home, and kind of see, am I going to have to start adjusting my character to fit into this WWE when he returns? Because there's, no, there's no way he's going back to NXT when he returns. When he comes back, Fox is going to have SmackDown. He could be in line with a return at the Royal Rumble. In 2021. No, eight months from now. What, what, well, what, that, that, that's, March? that's if he comes back in eight months. I mean. Right, so that gives you a chance at the A at chance the at the least, Rumble. At the a Rumble. possibility well, yeah. he may not be back till after WrestleMania 36. Right. So, so, but again. It's such a, that's a big gap, man. That's a, you're right. It's a it's a huge gap, and there's a lot of speculation. So we could speculate all night on what they could do. I mean, we know how booking goes with this. The, sh- the possibilities are endless, you know. Right. But so we have no idea. But I I do. We all wish Champa a speedy recovery. It really sucks. It's had to happen at the peak of of his career right now. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to come back bigger and better than ever when he when he returns. Absolutely. So we already mentioned a few names. Uh, right now to fill out the rest of the main event scene. And like we said, there's definitely no no lack of talent um, in NXT. Uh, and with that being said, NXT also just signed uh, three new names. Uh, they signed Stokely Hathaway, Big Stoke, Cal Bloom, <laughs> and Robbie E. Hathaway, uh, like I said, also known as the Big Stoke, he's a well-known manager from the Indies, uh, very well-known for his time in Evolve and MLW, and he's managed the likes of Moose and TJP, who we just recently lost in WWE a few weeks back. Um, Cal Bloom is a second-generation superstar. He is the son of Bo Beverly of the (laughs) Beverly Brothers. Oh, Dude, can man. we just take a moment and reminisce about the Beverly Brothers? Wasn't the, the wasn't the, the genius uh, their manager? La- no, Laddie Jim Poffo? Cornette, I believe, was their manager. Dude, okay. No, I'm, I'm thinking of the Heavenly Bodies. Yeah, Jim okay. Cornette was the manager. The That's Heavenly right, Bodies. The Heavenly Bodies. I'm pretty sure the genius <laughs> Lanny Poffo, which is Randy Savage's brother, yeah, was the manager. I believe. I believe you're absolutely of, right. Of the Beverly Brothers. Um, so yeah, so that's Cal Bloom. He doesn't really have too much of a wrestling background yeah. except for his father. He has a football background. I believe he played right. um, at a university in Florida. So he has a big football background. And I saw a picture. The dude's friggin' tall as hell. So he's a big dude. He fits the mold for what you know what they look for. So right. he was a uh, he was a tight end for. Um, University of Central Florida. Central Florida. So, you know, think of like a Rob Gronkowski type in right. terms of size for you. But he's not, not quite as tall as Gronkowski, but he's just as big as him. Right. So that, that's that sort of player. That, that's the type of athlete that this guy is. Right. Uh, and then the third person is Robbie E. Robbie E. comes from, to us from TNA slash Impact Wrestling. He had a very long tenure there from like 2010 to 2017. Uh, I, I'm very, very, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to catch up on a lot of my Impact Wrestling doc. I know you've seen some <laughs> of it, so you know a little bit more about Robbie E. So please talk about Robbie E. for us. Yeah, so I definitely... I'm familiar with Robbie E with some time. I used to watch Impact a lot, like 
like believe it or not, like when Hogan and Bischoff showed up there, mm-hmm. it stoked my interest. Like, oh, okay, I want to see what these guys can do with like a little bit of money again. But Robbie E was a uh, won a television title, he won their X division title, he won a tag team title a couple times. Um, so he was, you know, he, he had some success in the mid card. Um, I could kind of see him having, you know, the same type of run in WD as a mid He's kind of like if Enzo Amore and and um, EC3 had a baby. That's kind of <laughs> that's a good way to describe Robbie H. <laughs> I'm trying to picture what that would look like. He's kind of he's kind of built like he's built like EC3. Okay, like in good shape. But he's kind of got like, and he kind of looks. He has that look, mm-hmm. but he's he kind of plays like the New Jersey, New Jersey Guido gimmick. Gotcha. The same way that Enzo does, but he's nowhere near as like douchey as Enzo. Like, right? He's he's a good wrestler. I would hope you not, because we do not need another Enzo in WWE. No, it's not another Enzo. He's definitely he definitely like he has the right parts of Enzo in his right. gimmick. That's what he was in TNA when I was watching him. Um, he's a good wrestler. It's gonna, he'll, he'll do well in NXT. Didn't Robbie E win the tag team titles with Ronnie from the Jersey Shore? No, he did not win the tag team titles right. with Ronnie from the Jersey Shore. Because Ronnie from the Jersey Shore had a short stint in Impact or TNA back in the day. And I think if you're if Robbie had like the Jersey Shore kind of uh, gimmick, uh, um, he was the guy he won the tag team titles with was on Big Brother. Oh, okay, his so name, another reality star. Name's, yeah, name is uh, Jesse Jesse Goddard's. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, they called themselves the Bromans. Oh, jeez, like. <laughs> B R O M A N S. Like at that point, I wasn't watching TNA at that point. TNA had lost me by that point. Right. Just good, really, really shitty booking. And like, this was a time when TNA put like a lot of stock in Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Hardy took, put a lot of stock in getting real fucked up all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ron- Ronnie from Jersey Shore teamed up with Eric Young and they faced Rob E. And Rob uh, that's Terry. what it was. That's yeah, it was. I, I, okay. remember, I remember I do I remember that vaguely. I remember that story because I, I I'm a fan of the Jersey Shore, so I knew about Ronnie's Stop stint it. and I am. Stop. Jim it, Tan man. Laundry, I'm I'm living my best life. Cabs here. No. Oh. Cabs here. Anyway, moving you are, on. You are you, you are a resident Italian on the show. I am. <laughs> All right, let's finish talking with some more NXT. So anyway Going back to the, to these three guys, I'm actually uh, excited to uh, at Stokely Hathaway making his debut because the fact that he's being brought on as a manager is awesome. I feel like good managers are a are a, a lost art in WWE, and bringing in some new, fresh, younger managers is going to be really good for some superstars who we always talk about who who need mouthpieces. So I think getting some good managers on, on the roster is going to be a huge plus. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, a couple uh, other new signees that we mentioned a few weeks back, Trevor Lee and ACH, who are both from, I believe, Impact and or Ring of Honor, both made their uh, NXT Live debuts over the past week or so. Uh, I've read nothing but great reviews on the two of them. ACH, uh, I'm sorry, ACH 
is going by his real name right now. Uh, he may eventually go by ACH down the road, but right now he's going by his real name. Uh, yeah. So that's two more superstars we can look forward to to see on NXT TV in the upcoming future. Also, unfortunately, Chelsea Green from the women's division in NXT had a, a live match this past week, won the match with a broken friggin' wrist. So unfortunately, she's out for a little while with a broken wrist, but I did see an update from Zack Ryder on Zack Ryder's Twitter that she's doing fine, had her surgery, she should be back within the next few weeks, months or so. I don't know how long a broken wrist takes to heal, but it wasn't as bad as people may, may as people may have thought it might have been. So that's always a good plus because Chelsea Green is someone that I really want to see on NXT or WWE TV really soon. Yeah, and then you were talking about um, Albert 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 Hardy Jr. Yes, uh, yeah, he was an <laughs> ROH. Yeah, that's an ROH. ROH was was where he's most known for um, most known in America. He actually okay. made his ROH debut against Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how long was uh, ACH in Ring of Honor? Um, he was in there. I'm looking it up right now. Um, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. <laughs> no, hey, that's fine. Uh, you know 20, what? Because you know what? I want to touch on that real quick. I mean, we don't know a lot of these guys. Unless we have these crazy channels that Ring of Honor and Impact are on, we don't know who these guys are. But thanks right. to the world of the internet, we have access to these people. But now that WWE has signed them, we're going to have the opportunity to see them on a national level and see them every week. Like, dude, I, I'm lucky enough to have Access TV. I get to watch Tessa Blanchard on my TV every week on WOW every Friday. That's awesome. That, that, that's like a fucking gift right there, being able to see Tessa Blanchard fight every week. So I'm happy that some of these names that I've read online for so long are finally getting the opportunity to to be seen at, uh, at the national level. Right. Yeah, especially in ACH. I mean, he's wrestled much of the top talent in NXT and WWE right now. Yeah. He's wrestled O'Reilly, he's wrestled Carl Anderson, and he's wrestled Bobby Fish, mm-hmm. and he's and he's wrestled. Um, uh, Kushida over from I, from NJPW. Yeah. So this is a guy who has wrestled some of the top talent in the world. So you're getting this is a big signing. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who they're expecting to, you know, use in their future plans because these guy these guys familiar with talent they have already. You know, and familiarity right. uh, that's what breeds greatness, man. Yeah. And you know what? And this is all going to come back full circle. Now we started off all this NXT talk with Champa's injury. Titles being vacated. What's going to happen? Well, we said it earlier. There is no lack of talent on this roster. They just signed None. Robbie E., uh, Cal Bloom, Stokely Hathaway, Trevor Lee made his debut, ACH made his debut. We are fine. Uh, if anyone thinks otherwise, you know, and they think that NXT is going to be in a rut with Ciampa being out, tweet at us using the hashtag be involved. Let us know what your thoughts are about the current state of NXT moving forward uh, with Ciampa being out of the picture. So, Doc, let's get into the bulk of our show and let's start talking about WrestleMania 35. But we're going to get into that right after these words. 
What is going on, everybody? This is your resident Universal Royalty King, Ricky Rose, speaking. And if you like what you're listening to right now, I want to invite you guys to check out my wrestling show, the Kings of the Rings podcast, coming out with a new episode each and every Friday right here on Wrestle Addict Radio. You don't want to miss it. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for something different in 2019? Are you tired of the norm? Well, head on over to Wrestle Addict Radio on iTunes and catch me, J-Bone, from Smash This Podcast, bringing you weekly Impact Wrestling reviews. And be sure to check out the rest of the RantWithAnt.com family there as well. All right, Doc. So this week, it looks like the card for WrestleMania 35 is really starting to shape up a lot of what we assumed was going to happen. So let's run down what we know so far for WrestleMania. First, let's talk about the host of WrestleMania 35 this year. It was announced this week on Raw during a Moment of Bliss segment that a very famous superstar is going to come and host WrestleMania 35. And Alexa Bliss unveiled the host, and it was herself. Uh, I thought I thought that segment was great. I, I think that I think Alexa Bliss does great during the, the, the moment of bliss segments. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. Do you think that there might still be an injury lingering? Because she's only been back for the Royal Rumble. Well, she had a concussion, didn't she? I believe it was a concussion. She had numbness in her arms, but that was back at SummerSlam, right? When she faced yeah, Ronda. Dude. Dude, concussions are no joke, man. Concussions can fuck with you for a while, yeah. dude. Uh, I really hope that this isn't uh, that this isn't the end for Alexa, but I hope that she's just taking the time she needs. She'll be back uh, post WrestleMania. Um, but so she's going to be our host for WrestleMania. We've seen some pretty good hosts in the past: The New Day, The Rock. You know, they, they always have some fun segments at WrestleMania. I do think Alexa Bliss might be getting into a feud with someone because they did have a video with Nikki Cross uh, right. on WWE.com who was, it was her backstage listening to Alexa Bliss announce the host for WrestleMania. And Nikki Cross does her usual, ooh, Alexa, I want to play with Alexa. Why wasn't I invited to the party? So I feel like something's going to happen between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania because Nikki Cross <laughs> made a reference to crashing the party, so to speak. Yeah, that's cool because, you know, they brought Nikki Cross up and then they brought her. I was like, okay, well, now what do we do with her? Yeah. Uh, I really like, hope. We're thinking about all, all these things that we could have been doing with Asuka. We're just like, fuck, why not just have Asuka face Nikki Cross? Cross, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. I forgot she even existed. I know. Unfortunately, yeah. she was out of sight, out of mind. We haven't seen her in weeks. Last time we saw her, she teamed up with Alicia Fox to try and get into the Elimination Chamber match for the tag, women's tag titles. Talk about the kiss of death. Yeah, right? But I I think this is good because we've talked about it in the past how when it comes to the women's division, when you talk about the women's division, you talk about Ronda, Becky, Charlotte. Boom, that's it. And we talked about it last week. They're not building the mid-card in the women's division. There's no other side stories. There there was the story between Naomi and Mandy Rose, but I guess that that ended uh, already before Elimination Chamber. But I think having some more of these side feuds, like when Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, could really start to build some more of the younger stars. I'd love to see Nikki Cross in a main event scene down the road. 
but she needs to have a feud or something to help get her there. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a those are that's a, that's a feud that could work. Mm-hmm. You know, the two characters like I think would feud well together. The you know almost like. I'm sexy and I know it, Alexa Bliss, and the I'm crazy and I know it, Nikki Cross. It's got the potential for some gold, you know. <laughs> I like that. Now, and I've I've also seen some videos of Alexa Bliss uh, training at the Performance Center, and she is working on some new innovative offense. So I'm looking forward to seeing her come back to the ring. But if if you guys go to YouTube and check out the Performance Center YouTube channel and just try and catch some videos of Alexa Bliss or follow Alexa Bliss on Instagram and just watch the videos she puts. She has some fucking innovative offense that she's been working on, and it's going to look really good in the ring. Yeah, so. she can go, man. There's no doubt about it. She can't. She's unfortunately she's underrated. I think that was only because of the character that she came to the main roster with. Uh, didn't really allow for her to really show off her offense. But I think now she's reinventing herself. Not much is going to change. She's still going to be the goddess or whatever she whatever she's called. Yeah, goddess, yeah she Empress, has to be queen. Whatever the hell, every woman has something. But she's going to be she's going to be um, um, a force to reckon with when she's in the ring. So, next, let's talk about the special correspondence for WrestleMania. Don't know what that means, don't know what their job is, or why, but they just wanted to get some mainstream, um, they wanted to get some mainstream eyes on WrestleMania, so they got two clowns from Saturday Night Live, Colin Jost, and Michael Che. I swear to all holy hell... If they do a weekend update in the middle of WrestleMania, I am going to fucking explode. Well, I'm going to say probably expect that to happen. As fucking stupid. Yeah. So what's stupid? Damn stupid. All right. You're, they're gonna get, if they do interviews, they're going to give stupid fucking interviews, and they're going to be a waste of fucking time. What's stupid and what's going to be a waste of time is the use of Braun Strowman. Because Braun Strowman is going to be involved in nothing at WrestleMania except for this segment with these two clowns from SNL. Because what else is Braun Strowman going to do at WrestleMania? He's in no feuds. The whole thing with McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin ended. So Braun hasn't been involved with them in at least two weeks. He's only been in this in this little storyline now with Colin Jost and the guy from the other guy. So uh, unfortunately, I think this is how they're going to waste Braun. That's two manias in a row. Because wasn't it last year's mania? He it was him and that little kid Nick won the tag Fucking titles. Nicholas, man, Nicholas, dude. We talking? It was not a waste of a mania. That was a fucking that was a waste of a moment. moment. Yeah, for that the was kid Nick, not for fucking Braun. Exactly. Kid Nicholas. You know, Nicholas was the man. Dude, all-time great tag team champion. Nicholas. For, for the a whole 24 hours? For the fifth grade. A legendary title oh reign, dude. We've talked about that for years. Yes. Okay, but let's talk about... The, let's talk about hell. the monster among men, Braun Strowman. This time last year... We were positive, oh, Braun's going to be Universal Champ. Braun's going to win this title. But what the fuck have they done with him? I know we've heard rumors about the way he is backstage, and then he had his injury, but what 
are they doing with Braun? Is Braun ever going to have a title? Is Braun just going to be an attraction? What are they doing with him? You know what the hell is going to happen to Braun Strowman? He's going to get a goddamn mouthpiece. That's what's going to happen to him. Because his freaking push stopped because he sucks on the fucking microphone. That one like, promo between him, with him and Brock and Heyman was fucking atrocious. What a promo. It was week after week of just fucking weak sauce out of him. I mean, hey, Heyman's just handing him gold, and he was taking none of it. He just didn't know what the fuck to do. Maybe. Maybe Braun Strowman gets involved in the main event and becomes a Heyman guy. Not like in a triple threat way, like I interfered in the match sort of way. I can see or that. Maybe, or maybe Rollins wins and it's over, and then Strowman comes and takes him out with a freaking steel chair, and then well, he, Heyman comes in the rain and raises his hand, and all of a sudden that's a thing. Let me tell you some what some reports are saying. That Braun Strowman's either going to be the new member of the Shield or the fourth member of the Shield. Because right now, he is being booked for WWE live shows past WrestleMania all the way up until May. And he is being... Uh, what's the word? He is being... Advertised. Advertised, thank you. As an honorary member of the Shield. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why I can't read the internet like too much because I see shit like that and I get pissed off at life. Why in fucking seven hells would Braun Strowman ever become an honorary member of the Shield? The big fucking redneck from fucking bum shit fuck North Carolina. And all of a sudden, that guy's aligning with the shield. That makes not a lick of sense for the characters. Strowman needs a mouthpiece. He needs somebody with some fucking wit, wit with their mouth, to fucking get in the ring and hype his ass up. And he needs Paul Heyman. That's what fucking Braun Strowman needs. Doesn't need fucking Roman Reigns as a teammate. Doesn't need fucking Seth Rollins as a teammate. He needs fucking Paul. Heyman, and you know, he needs to fucking start running things. You know what else Braun Strowman needs? He needs to uh, be shaken up and move over to SmackDown. I think he's done with Raw. I think he needs to get yeah. off of Raw. Okay. I mean, he needs to go to a new show, uh, fresh matchups. He needs to he needs to be involved with new and different authority figures. Uh, just put him over on SmackDown. I don't want to see him yeah. on Raw anymore. Yeah. I think that's the best move for him. I'm into that game. So, speaking of SmackDown, uh, we've been calling it for months, weeks, days, and it finally happened. <laughs> we saw last weekend Shane McMahon turned heel on The Miz. Well, Shane McMahon came out to open up SmackDown, uh, a very, very heel promo. Uh, definitely got some heat right off the bat. And then, of course, it, it went the way we all expected it to. He challenged Miz to a fight at the show of shows at WrestleMania 35. Miz has not accepted yet because Miz was not in attendance on SmackDown, but we all know this match is going to happen. So we're going to have Shane versus Miz. You know, we've been saying that this is going to be the Miz's first win as a babyface. Like, he's going to be the, he's obviously the babyface in this story. He has to be. Right. Yeah. So I'm this cheering is, him. I think this is going to be 
a huge win for the Miz. Uh, his first win ever as a babyface, and he's going to get a fucking pop. And I mentioned yeah, it last pop, week, man. Dude. This is going to be. I think this is going to be the rise of the Miz, and we're going to see Miz in the title picture this time next year. Miz is going to get my pop. Ain't no doubt about that. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I said it would not surprise me next year to see face Miz versus heel Daniel Bryan yeah. WrestleMania. So distinct possibility. Mm-hmm. It's a new take on their feud. It's a feud that's this is going to be one of those lifelong feuds, much like you know, Triple H Taker or Trip or Taker Sean, Brett right. Sean. It's gonna be a long blood feud type thing. So you think you think this is gonna go on past Mania with Shane and I the, No, no, I'm talking about Miz and Daniel Bryan. Oh I'm sorry, I'm that. sorry, I missed that. Okay. No, no, no. This is good. I mean if this goes on and maybe goes to backlash and mm-hmm. it's like a tag team match. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, we'll get into the Daniel Bryan title picture, but I do think Miz and Daniel Bryan, title or no title, still have a lot of unfinished business they need to eventually take care of. And it's going to be interesting to see that feud again with the tables turned now, with DB as the heel and Miz as the face. Interesting to see where this is going to go after me. I mean, the end result that we've all said, Shane versus Miz, is happening. We already, we're all calling it. Miz is going to win. Right. Hell, they, they could swerve us. We all know that. It's always a 50 50 chance. But yeah, I think. No, yeah, you're right. You know, Miz is going to go over. This is going to be Miz's big WrestleMania moment. But where does he go right after Mania? You know, uh, I like to see how, how they how they book the Miz as a baby face moving forward. I don't think we're going to see much till after the shakeup, uh, which is going to really, really change, change a lot, the, the whole landscape of what we see right now. So let's go on to the next match that has been announced. Uh, Kurt Angle this week on Raw announced that WrestleMania is going to be his final match. There is no opponent yet, but WWE has put out a few a few posts asking who should be Kurt Angle's final opponent, and they have six people to choose from. They have Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. First of all, why the fuck are any of the three of them on this list? No, no, and no. Then we have Samoa Joe, which I would be okay with seeing that. Um, Shelton Benjamin, which I understand why, but he's done nothing except for... Okay, we saw him on Raw this week, and he faced uh, Seth Rollins. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Shelton Benjamin is Brock Lesnar's trainer. So Shelton and Brock and Heyman, they all, they all, they're all connected. Uh, uh, well, Shelton and Brock uh, are college rest, college teammates. Right, they went they to college, wrestled, so they've been friends they forever. They wrestled at Minnesota together. Yep. Yeah. So I could see, and also in Shelton, we know in Kurt Angle way back, Shelton was part of the world's greatest tag team. Blah blah blah. But it wouldn't make any sense. And the last person is John Cena. We've talked about other op- uh, options for John Cena at WrestleMania. Have him face Roman Reigns. Have him face Drew McIntyre. I think if I if Vince said, "Hey Bones, here's six superstars to face Angle in his final match. Who should it be? John Cena. It makes the most sense. And I honestly, dude, I'd be okay with seeing Cena uh, beat Angle and just send Angle off. That that could be. I hmm. I don't want to put it on a pedestal like Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. But I think Cena and Angle could be up there. I'd rather see Samoa Joe. I'd rather see not Joe 
I'd rather see like I'd rather see like it's gonna sound crazy. My crazy for one is to see like Rusev get this match. No, that you know that could be really awesome for Rusev's uh, just entire career. You know, and I, what Dolph Ziggler would have been awesome for this match like a year or two ago. He's kind of vanished. Dean Ambrose would also be awesome for this match. There's definitely a good. There's definitely some some good names out there that are in the current roster that I think would be good fits. But if they're looking to make this a big spectacle and just an attraction match, I mean, we all know Kurt Angle does not move like he used to anymore in the ring. He's going to need someone who's going to be able to carry him to the match. And who's that person going to be? I think John Cena. Yes, I. Joe might be a little Samoa Joe might be a little too uh, rough for Kurt Angle. Yeah, Joe may break his friggin' neck yeah, again. So exactly. <laughs> um, but real quick, you mentioned the, you mentioned Dolph Ziggler. Uh, it's not on our topics to talk about, but real quick, Dolph Ziggler did have it was reported did have a handshake agreement with WWE to work on things outside of WWE, including his stand-up comedy, which is why we have not seen him on TV in a few weeks. Or since okay. Royal Rumble when he eliminated Drew McIntyre. But that's the topic for another day. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, so... You know, it's actually, before we go on, yeah. you know what would be kind of cool about, like, Cena and Kurt Angle? Mm-hmm. Like, so say they're in a match, right, and, like, Angle's, like, out on his feet. John Cena could stand to the side of Kurt Angle and go, you can't see me. And because Angle can't turn his neck, he really wouldn't be able really to see, see him. him. He'd be like, I can't see you, John. I can't see you. I really can't see you. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm fucking crying. Oh, I can see that. That's amazing. Oh, all right, anyway... Oh, Let's go on you. to another match uh, with hey, two. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Well, we're doing a super show, so one more thing. Go ahead. Angle, keep going. See, Angle, Angle, Cena. Mm-hmm. Does that lead to a heel Cena? Maybe. Do well. Let me ask you this: Do we need a heel Cena right now? Yeah. Fuck yeah, we do. They're getting edgy again. We need fucking. You need fucking Thugonomics back, baby. Or something along those lines. Cena's best work, like, some of Cena's best work. CM Punk, edgy guy that he had to be edgy with. The beginning of the feud with The Rock, like, not the lead up to 29, the lead up to 28. Mm-hmm. That was some really good Cena going on during those years. Like, can we get a little bit of that? Where since we're getting edgier, Fox wants it edgier. Like, Seen as a SmackDown guy, mm-hmm. primarily a SmackDown guy. I feel like he's more. I mean, he kind of goes wherever he wants, but he'll be he'll, there's he'll be on SmackDown once it once Fox SmackDown goes to Fox. Let's just be realistic here. Yeah, that, think, that's that's going to happen. I think without a doubt, he he's yeah. the, he's the face that runs the place. So why wouldn't Fox say they wanted Cena? They they they're going to want Cena over on SmackDown. I can see that happening. Alright, so give me a heel Cena. And it starts with this. If you give me heel Cena, uh, you can sign me up for Angle Cena. But if you're going to give me like bullshit, or or if you give me like, you know, Cena beats Angle and then attacks him afterwards and turn heel, that's a great payoff. 
Because if you don't do that, it's fucking lame as shit. Right. It's a lame fucking cop-out booking. I'm lame, I mean, give me Shelton Benjamin if you're not going to fucking do that. I'd rather see fucking Shelton do it. Yeah. But I think if they're going to do that and they're going to do a heel turn, they should do it before Mania. Like, have Cena come out, interrupt Angle, giving another one of his promos on the next couple weeks of Raw with his... <laughs> Thugonomics theme music, and he comes out with the the, the the big chain necklace and his basketball jersey and the ba- the baggy jorts, and he starts rapping to Angle. That would be a cool little setup for their match at Mania. You don't even have to go that far into it. You could keep like his look relatively similar. Maybe give up, all, maybe drop all the never give up bullshit. You know? Yeah. But like, you can keep the look relatively. You don't have to go that much into it, but just like. Let, even if he teases the thugonoms, he just speaks and rhymes a little bit, and he has that sort of edge to him. Right. Like, that's the scene I want to see. Like, make me believe you can kick my ass. Mm-hmm. Make me believe you're the biggest shithead in the world, and all you care about is kicking ass. You're going to end this fucking old man's career. Well, if Cena comes back and still has the same head of hair he had the last time we saw him, is he still going to go over as a heel? Or is he going to have to cut that fucking hair? <laughs> It's got to cut that fucking hair, dude. It's got to cut that uh, fucking hair. Anyway, speaking of... I was going to say, speaking of, of, of cutting their hair, because now Triple H is well, but that was a bad fucking segue. Let's talk about two oh, well. other legends. Uh, Triple H and Batista uh, have officially agreed to face each other at WrestleMania in a no-hold-barred match. Um, so Batista got what he wants. He kept telling Triple H on Monday, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Um, that promo <laughs> was... I can, I can keep going if you want. I want to, I want to, I want to. Anyway, that promo... I don't know, man. It was a very awkward promo, it felt. they. I feel like the only thing I got out of that was Triple H going, what do you want? Batista... Give me what I want. What is it you want? Give me what I want. I, I the promo could have been done so much better. I thought it, first of all, Batista looked fucking great. He came out with this fucking slick ass uh, sports jacket. It was all sparkly and gray and and silver. It was fucking awesome. And he had a whole entourage of security up on the ramp. And Triple H comes out in his denim vest and his denim jacket with the jeans on, looking like the game. Um. So, well, hey, we're going to see them face each other at WrestleMania. Uh, I think this will be an opportunity for Batista to go over and maybe have a short run. Or Batista's back for a one-off. He's back. He loses Triple H. You never see Batista again. Who knows? Because, you know what? In that promo, Batista did make a comment about, I want to end my career facing you or at WrestleMania. I want to end your career at WrestleMania. So could this be a career versus career match? No, no, no way. Absolutely not. I, think I, have, it, I, have, I, have, I have a funny feeling. I don't know what it is. That this, that this match is also going... The rematch this is going to be at next year's WrestleMania. And if there's a career versus career match, it's going to be then. I have a feeling this is the beginning of a, one of those like, just 
just a long, prolonged one-year feud that just pops its head in and out. You know, just Batista is going to go off and do his movies, and Triple H is going to be in the office. You know, obviously they can't work in ring full time. Works out well. I would have liked to have seen their segment just kind of be a little less words. Just come right out and just go. They both kind of look at each other. They, they, they both like he said. What do you want? He was like, they both know what each other wants. Yeah. Like, I mean, Batista's been asking know, for you the know, same thing for years. So you know, know what wants. Batista wants. Yeah. Batista knows. Everybody knows what each other wants. All they needed to do was look at each other, you know, and you know, they could do with on the stupid, like the stupid sign point. I know he did that with Triple H and Taker for WrestleMania 27. They just right. kind of come out, stare at each other, looked up, and mm. and it was on, you know. And yeah. you could have done the same. It could have been something like that. that was, it, yeah, it could have been l- l- less words. It could have just been something as simple as that. Put him in the ring face yeah. to face. Have him say nothing. Look at the at the mania sign, and then just okay. Cool, well, could have been. Batista could have came out and said, "You, me, mania." No holes barred. Dropped the mic. Walked out the rain. Mm-hmm. The place would have went fucking nuts. Yeah, I, I think it could have been a much more simpler. I feel like uh, it almost feels. I almost feel like either H or Batista got lost in where the the pro. The I'm not gonna call it the pro. The whole segment was supposed to go because it was just back and forth. What do you want? Give me what I want. Yeah. I think. I think they missed one of them. Missed something because I think it could have went somewhere else, but. It didn't, but regardless, the end result, we have the match that we all expected to see a year ago. The only the thing I really love about this is that it's a no-holds-barred match, which keeps my dream of AJ Styles and Ric Flair getting involved in this match at WrestleMania <laughs> live. If you go back and listen to Fourth Wall Mania, that is a huge part of the early night of my mania. Yes. And this type of match brings you in that direction right now it's actually funny how so much has happened on wrestling since elimination chamber that coincides with your version of wrestlemania 35 so that that just goes to show you that vince mcmahon or triple h or shane or steph they listen to our show you say something i'm over here dancing (laughs) so anyway let's uh talk about the raw women's title picture and then i also want to um i want to talk about this and how this has some similarities as does the triple h and batista feud but let's talk about so we already talked about it we already have ronda versus becky versus charlotte happening at wrestlemania and the triple threat match main event now we uh we briefly talked about it last week with the youtube videos that ronda has been putting out calling out Rebecca Quinn, um, really talking about how wrestling is fake. This is not kayfabe. That's not a promo. Uh, Just dropping the F-bombs here and there. Fuck this, fuck that. Becky is talking shit about Ronda's husband. I want to see Charlotte get more involved in this as well. But let's talk about the topic of breaking the fourth wall. Now, in the Triple H, going back to Triple H and Batista... Triple H is talking to to David Batista because David Batista attacked Richard Fleer on his 70th birthday. He didn't attack Rick Flair. Batista did not attack Rick Flair. David attacked Richard Fleer 
Uh, so now Triple H is there to uh, avenge Richard Fleer. So he's not going to face... Batista's not going to face the character. He's not going to face the COO. He's going to face the game. Triple H could just <laughs> call himself Paul at this point if we're breaking the fourth wall uh, left and right. But Triple H will not call himself Paul. But that's that's a little side topic. But anyway, Doc, how do you feel both Triple H and Ronda specifically breaking the fourth wall adds to each of their feuds? Dude, Ric Flair doesn't even know who the fuck Richard Fleer is, okay? <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, feel like, I feel like it doesn't work as well with Triple H. It works great with the whole Ronda and Becky thing because it feels real. Triple H and Batista, it doesn't. It doesn't feel real. Like every time Triple H talks to Batista, okay, Dave, what do you want, Dave? It doesn't it, feel real. It, it works for some people. It doesn't work for Ric Flair because like if you go watch like the 30 for 30 on Ric Flair, mm-hmm. like he just straight up says he doesn't even know who the fuck Richard Fleer is. Yeah. Like, that motherfucker is Ric Flair 24-7, okay? Yep. So that's why it doesn't work for Ric Flair. Richard Fleer died fucking years ago, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. He died when he was playing football. I think I think actually went to the University of Minnesota to play football, Ric Flair, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that, but whatever. Um, back to my actual thoughts on this. I don't mind it. Listen, what this... What does Fox want? Edgier content. They're trying to attract some of that UFC audience that they don't have as much, that they don't have the grasp on anymore. And I think most UFC, I believe, is on ESPN now. I don't think Fox has UFC anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So they need to get that. They want that audience back. How do you get that? You get Ronda Rousey, someone they're all, the, the fan base is familiar with, doing Ronda Rousey. Coming out. Call motherfuckers out. Calling them by their real name, call going after kayfabe, going after the skipness, going after the quote unquote fakeness of pro wrestling, like it works with Ronda. Like this is where the heel heel a heel character needs to evolve into. Okay, what if we said? What if I said that one of the biggest problems with Ronda? She didn't know who her character was. Now we're getting a clear definition of who Ronda's character is, and it's it's a and a uh, an extraordinary that was the word I'm looking for a um, exaggerated version of their real self. Ronda is a fighter. Is of course, Ronda. Of course, Ronda doesn't hate the girls in the locker room. We all know that, right? But we also know that she can kick all their asses and she can make make us really feel that way. We want to feel there's some real beef between Ronda and Rebecca Quinn. I'm okay with the breaking the kayfabe. I'm okay with calling Batista Dave Batista. He's a fucking movie star. Everybody knows who the fuck he is. Right. Um, Triple H, yeah, you're right. It would be weird calling Triple H Paul, but it's something like a heel would have to do to him. Right. Yeah. You Batista know, can't. And, and, and you mentioned, you know, how Fox wants to attract the UFC audience, and, and this whole Ronda and Becky feud is, is the perfect feud to really get that audience. One, because Ronda's from, from UFC, uh, she's married to another MMA fighter. Rebecca Quinn is also dating Luke Sanders, who was an MMA fighter as well. Don't know if he's in UFC or if he's in 
um, another one of the those promotions, but I know he's also a mixed martial arts fighter as well. So they're already involved in that mixed martial arts scene right there. So that's definitely going to branch off and really attract that audience once the show moves to Fox and really get more viewers watching the show. Right. Ronda is Nate Diaz here, and Becky is Conor McGregor here. Like yeah. that's what they. That's why I think WWE envisions this feud. Like basing it off of that narrative. Right. Like they want it to be rowdy everywhere. They want people to feel like these two can't be in a fucking room together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it. That's how it feels, and that's how it should feel, and that's what's gonna. That's what's gonna put asses in seats. Yeah. Simple as that. I, I almost feel bad for Charlotte Flair because I feel like she's the third wheel in this feud. Uh, even now, I still feel like that this match should be Becky versus Ronda one on one. But I, I again, I understand the booking. I understand why Charlotte Flair is involved in it. But I feel like Charlotte is like the odd, the odd woman out in this match. Uh, Charlotte's been cutting some good promos. I think she's like making it fucking clear who she is. You know, there's always. Listen, in a triple threat feud, it's always there's always good. I feel like there's always going to be two out of the three that are just slightly hate each other a little more than a third. But no, Charlotte's definitely there in my eyes. Right. She is. She doesn't. She doesn't get into social media stuff as much. That's not her gimmick. Right. She her gimmick. She's got that flair last name, mm-hmm. so she has that. She has that flair standard. She has to uphold. You know, Ric Flair did his talking in the ring. You right. know, and I think that's what how Charlotte Flair views it. So uh, I feel it's like cool. the, I feel like the hate between Rousey and Lynch really gives Charlotte the upper hand because pretty much all of Becky and Ronda's promos are against each other. But it's giving Charlotte the upper hand because she's goes, you know, I'm gonna let you two just go at it in the ring and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a woman of opportunity and when I see the opportunity I'm going to jump in and win my title back. So which really makes me think, could we see Charlotte leave WrestleMania with the role in this oh, championship? Oh, man. What a swerve that would be, huh? And think about the fucking booze that in the heat that she would get at well, the she's end been a heel, of WrestleMania. So it's okay. It's okay. She's been a heel. Like, she's, she's a heel character right now. Heel Charlotte is fully back. She should be getting booed. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, it's... If Charlotte wins, it's not what I want to see, but you can't give the audience what they want to see every time, or no right, one would fucking but, tune in. But do you want? But does Vince want to end off WrestleMania 35 with the crowd booing as they leave the uh, the, the stadium? If you know, Charlotte Flair plays, if Charlotte Flair plays it right, it'll make for great television. I agree. All right, I agree. We get that. So let's talk about the last couple matches that we already know are happening um, at WrestleMania. We have the Cruiserweight title tournament finals. Buddy Murphy's going to defend against the winner of the finals match of Cedric Alexander facing Tony Nese. I think Tony Nese is going to win this. I think this is Tony Nese's time to shine and get a chance to uh, to face the champion, in this case Buddy Murphy, on, on a big stage. Uh, I don't think Cedric Alexander is going to be a two-time champion or th- didn't. Cedric Alexander and Buddy Murphy face last year at Mania, or am I? No, that was no. Super Showdown. That was later in the year. That was Super Showdown. That yes. was that really good okay. match at Super Showdown. Right, right. Cedric and Mustafa faced at Mania last year. Mustafa Ali. That's what was it was. That, okay. Wasn't that the Cruiserweight match I, at Mania last year? Maybe. 
I don't want to say for sure. But regardless, I don't think Cedric Alexander needs to be put in the title picture anymore. I'd like to see someone like Tony Nese get a chance at there. Because if we think back to a few months ago, Tony Nese made an appearance on NXT and fought Johnny Gargano in a fucking great match. Uh, wow. Tony, Tony Nese is really, really good in the ring, and he has a long indie background, too. He's been on the road with guys like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle and Punishment Martinez before Drew Gulak. They all come from the indies, man, and Tony Nese is definitely a force to be reckoned with, and he's also not 205 pounds. There's no way in hell he's 205. <laughs> but th- that's my Unless thing. he's really short. I mean, how, how tall is he? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they all, they all, they all look short, though, on 205 Live, so they're all probably like, yeah, yeah, well, they all look. You would you'd be surprised how how short we are. <laughs> True. Well, I already, I already know I am. So. <laughs> um. So anyway, well, who do you think is going to go to Mania? Uh, yeah, Alexander or Tony? Tony Nese is only five foot nine, man. Whew. That's not very tall, so that's why it works. Um. That's still I taller than me. Is, so. <laughs> I agree. Nese is going to Mania. I'm not going to argue there. Mm-hmm. I have one quarrel about this. And this well, hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. And we, we've talked so much before about 205 be moving to the performance center and doing shit here. Wouldn't this match go over way better on TakeOver? Uh, yeah, it definitely will, because you know this is going to be stuck on the kickoff show. But yeah. Why does this, th- th- this match would be like a fire opening match for TakeOver, dude. Yeah, I agree. I think that'd be a great move. More more eyes, more eyes that care about what these guys do and their style. Right. More more chance to like create news, to create a buzz, like even in a social media in a trending way. Not being buried in the beginning of WrestleMania, but like really showcased. And and you know, even that means takeover has to be a little longer. It's the WrestleMania takeover. Maybe this takeover can go a little more than three hours, you know, or a little more than three and a half, maybe closer to four hours. This one. Mm-hmm. Even that, that means putting this match, and that opens up another spot on Mania for another match, for another or match. it opens up, or opens up a chance to expand the matches there already, so those guys get more time. Now, I think this is like you're missing a prime opportunity to give these guys a better, ch- better chance to be viewed by not playing Let's Take Over, and I think this is part of the problem with 205. You know, I can't. It's, it, they don't put their, they're not putting the brand in the right opportunities to shine. Right. We, we've talked. We, we've talked about that at nauseum too, with uh, what they could do to really make two hundred five live better. And unfortunately, it's just it's not changing. But I, we'll see what happens. You know, post mania, uh, I've talked about what what I think is going to happen with two hundred five live post mania, and it looks like things are already the wheels are starting to turn in that direction to kind of get the superstars off of this other this purple brand and put them on the main roster or NXT NXT UK just to get them to shine elsewhere, but. We'll wait and see. Either way, Cruiserweight title match is going to be in another great match on the card at WrestleMania, regardless of where it falls on the card. Uh, nice and Murphy are going to put on a fucking clinic in that ring. Uh, another match that has been announced for WrestleMania, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. And you know what? I have to give both of them credit because they, re- they booked this match this past week on SmackDown, and they had one promo segment. And now it's like, all right, cool, I'm invested in this match. Because the match is all about Randy Orton. He is homegrown. He has done more in WWE than AJ Styles has ever done in his entire wrestling career. But while Randy Orton was doing this, AJ Styles was a champion in Japan. He was a champion here. He was traveling here. He was doing this. So 
Randy Orton is your WWE superstar, and AJ Styles is your indie darling that Randy Orton li- li- like to call him. So I really like how they're taking the reality into this. Not not as not so much breaking the fourth wall because they can't because their fucking real names are Randy Orton and AJ Styles because their their superstar names and their shoot names are the same names. But what? let's talk about let's talk about AJ Styles' resume and just in just quote unquote major promotions. Okay. Okay. Two time IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. One time Pro Wrestling Guerrilla World Champion. The the inaugural Reign of Honor Pure Champion. ROH Tag Team Champion with Amazing Red. (laughs) Three-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Four-time NWA World Tag Team Champion. Two-time TNA World Champion. Six-time TNA X Division Champion. Two-time WWE Champion. Two-time United States champion. That's a that's a not a resume that rivals. That's a resume that rivals any WWE wrestler. This is awesome. The reason I'm reading all that is this is awesome. Yeah. Indie, he said it best. Indie, and this is the indie darling. That resume is out of control. First ever TNA Grand Slam champion. First TNA Triple Crown champion. Whack when TNA actually meant something. Right. You know, when they were affiliated with the NWA, okay? He, he's had matches of the year multiple times. He, he's been voted wrestler of the year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated multiple times. He holds the he's record been, for holding the title for uh, over 500 days last yeah, year. He's, he's, he's the man. Randy Orton is the WWE equivalent to AJ. Yeah. This is going to be an awesome match. This needs to be a blood feud. This needs to be a brutal match. If this yeah. match isn't brutal, then they've let me down. Yeah, I think we're going to see how brutal this match is going to end up being on how they on how they they build towards it over the next couple of weeks. But well, just from their their face to face segment this past week, I could definitely see this being a hard hitting match. Like you and I talked about last week, how that's what this match needs. It needs to be a blood feud. It needs to be real, and they're already off to a great start. The there, if you haven't seen the promo yet, go back and watch that segment. It was fucking fire. Yeah. So, all right, let's finish off the uh, seven matches that we know. The final match that we know is on the card is Universal Title Match. Brock Lesnar defending against Seth Rollins. We've, again, talked about this match at Nauseam because we've known about this match since January at this point, since Royal Rumble. Uh, we both still believe Rollins is going to win, uh, but who knows? There very well could be a swerve and Brock could fucking win again. Like, it always seems to happen that way. So, <laughs> I, I didn't really feel like much more was built towards this feud because Brock wasn't on Raw again. Uh, Seth Rollins and Heyman did have a pretty good segment as well. Uh, I have to say, this week, a lot of superstars did really well on the mic. Randy Orton, Styles, Triple H, Batista, Becky, Ronda, Seth Rollins, Paul Heyman. There was a lot of really good 
uh, talking moments on both Raw and SmackDown this week. And Seth Rollins did really, really well in his segment with Paul Heyman on Raw. Right, and I think you'll see this feud pick up some more steam now that the whole Shield thing is is done. Right? Mm-hmm. We say the Shield thing's done. The Shield thing's done. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The Shield thing's done. So yeah. At this point. Um, so anyway, unless Braun Strowman joins the Shield, anyway. <laughs> oh God. I I want to see Rollins. Like I thought Rollins did a good job. Someone, hey, you have problems with the guys who are quicker than you. Rollins is bigger than like Finn. He's bigger. He's 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 more cut than AJ. Mm-hmm. You know, AJ's more of the wrestler. This like I know what he's getting that. Right. But I want to hear him talk like like he's he's slayed the beast before. Yes, he has. Seth Rollins WrestleMania moment mm-hmm. that cashing that briefcase in, and like build on that. It's like I've beaten you once, and this time I won't need a briefcase to beat you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it like a man. I was I'm a, I am the beast. I am I'm the beast slayer or whatever he wants to call himself, and yeah. you know start playing off that Game of Thrones thing. Game of Thrones is about to come back. The Kane Slayer is about to come back to TV. Yep. He could be the Beast Slayer. <laughs> the Smart Slayer is talking to you right now. Yep. And that, <laughs> that, that right there just means more merchandise for Seth Rollins and another nickname. <laughs> All right. And another, another nickname. nickname. <laughs> so, you know, Seth Rollins has someone new to feud, but we need a new nickname. New nickname. <laughs> Uh, all right, have, have him have him face Angle. Then he could be the Olympic gold medalist Slayer. Oh God, this is <laughs> this is just getting out of hand now. <laughs> all right, the so Rock will that's... come back. He'll, he'll be the People Slayer. Oh God, the People Slayer. All right, well, be Daniel Bryan, the Planet Slayer. All right, we're done. <laughs> Are you sure we're done? You can't think of anything else. We can, we can think of some more if you want. Uh, no let's not let's not we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna take an adventure on the indies and give you some news about aew and some updates before we continue with the remainder of the wrestlemania card so we'll be right back right after this hey it's me Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Attic Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting Adventure on the Indies. Let's talk about some AEW. We haven't talked to AEW in a couple weeks. Um, another former WWE star, Hall of Famer, and all-time WWE great wrestler, Brett the Hitman Hart, is going to appear for StarCast 2. Now, apparently, Vince was unhappy when The Undertaker agreed to appear at StarCast 2. I think Vince is getting his fucking panties in a bunch. Uh, it's not directly affiliated with with AEW. So, who the fuck cares? There's plenty of wrestling events going on in the New York City metropolitan area the week of WrestleMania that have nothing to do with WWE. Right. This is just what wrestling promotions do. The hot, the hot place to be for that weekend is Las Vegas. So there's going to be other wrestling things going on in Las Vegas. Right. 
Vince needs to get used to it. StarCast is going to become the biggest wrestling convention in the world pretty soon with the way it's already started off. And if they keep getting big names like this, like Undertaker, Bret Hart, and along with the other slew of other names they already have probably going to be there, this is going to be the biggest convention in the world moving forward. So, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome that Bret Hart's going to be there. Um, I hope, you know, people that, that are listening that are going there get a chance to meet Bret, get an autograph, take a picture. I think that's, that's awesome that Bret is still still doing things like this. Like, has Bret actively still been doing meet and greets and autograph signings? Um, I, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not an autograph, I'm not a big autograph hunter, or I don't, I just don't do autographs. It's not one of my hobbies. Right. So I don't know his autograph schedule. I don't pay attention <laughs> to it. I'll be dead honest with you. Right, right. I know Bret Hart hasn't wrestled in like 20, 15, 20 years. That's what I know about Bret Hart. <laughs> and, and he needs to cut his hair. Yes. Come we, on, we, dude. We know the importance of Bret. So... Let it go, Brett, man. Let it go. Right. It's a, it's a, it's another sold out show for AEW. It's double or nothing. The tickets have sold out to the show. They sold out almost immediately if they went on sale. And then on, and then AEW also announced on July 13th, their next, or their next, uh, big show. It's going to be called Fight for the Fallen. It's going to be held in like, an amphitheater in Jacksonville, which is really weird since they've sold out, you know, 10,000 plus seat arenas for their first shows. And maybe this show isn't going to be as big of the show. Maybe, maybe this is the show that introduces us to some of the mid card and some of the new talent they just signed. I could see that because, well, they had announced when they announced at the beginning of the year about AEW, All Elite Wrestling being a thing, being a new promotion. They did say they were going to have a show in Jacksonville to raise money for victims of gun violence, which is why this show is called Fight for the Fallen. So I could very, very well see this being more of like a mid-card thing, more of an attraction show. It's not going to be a big show like an all-in or a WrestleMania-style show. This is going to be strictly for the cause, but it's going to be sponsored and hosted by All Elite Wrestling, which is going to be great for the, the brand itself, for AEW. Um, and I think it's, it's, again, they're doing it for a great cause. So this is going to be a really good time to uh, to showcase a lot of the stars that are not signing until after Double or Nothing. Uh, but we're going to see a lot of, I'm uh, sure, a lot of really good names on this card, too. Maybe it's the show where you'll see, like, the big names in the promotion in, like, multi, in a multi-man tag match or something. Right, right. Like a six-man, yeah, like a six-man tag or, one, like, one or two six-man tags. Right. And then, like... You know, four to six mid-card guy matches that haven't appeared on All In or Double or Nothing. Right. And what's funny, too, is so this is in July. Mm -hmm. Double or Nothing's in May. And we still don't have any AEW television until October. So they have to, I mean, again... This show is different, Fight for the Fallen, because this is more of a fundraiser-style show because they're raising money for the victims. So this show could be easy to book. They could just book big, big big-name matches or just book really cool matches. Double or Nothing is going to be interesting because they're booking that show with existing feuds, you know, hence uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, and they're trying to build some of those feuds off of what they're doing on Being the Elite and traveling to different indie shows. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do 
to uh, to book anything for this show, and if they have any more shows after this before they come out on television. Right, and that's what you said. You just said the best. Like they're doing all their their storyline pushing on social media. Like Jericho is really starting to establish his character now mm-hmm. and establish what his purpose in AEW is. It's all being done through their through their online shows. This is how AEW is going to be. I like. If you haven't realized it yet, this is how you get to follow the product. You right. basically get to follow it online for the first until September. Right. And then everything's going to lead up to, everything online is going to lead up to that moment in September. Mm-hmm. All the different indie shows, all the different independent, all the different like uh, indie like online shows are all going to lead to that first Tuesday night dynamite in September. Mm-hmm. Right? September? Yes, yeah, September. Uh, so- was it September or October? I forget. Well, either way, sometime in the fall. Yeah. It's going to happen. The fall. We'll call it the fall. We'll call, we'll call it, the, it fall. the fall. So, either way, man, uh, AEW, I think, is going to be huge uh, once we hit Double or Nothing in May. Uh, and more more reason to make this company as huge as it's going to be is that they signed a lot, of, a lot of, I'm sorry, some more new talent over the past few weeks since we spoke about them last. They've signed names like Jungle Boy, Kip Sabian, Brandon Cutter, Bea Priestley, or Bea Priestley, who is um, uh, the girlfriend of Will Ospreay, and Bea Priestley has a very big name on the independent scene, so I think that's an awesome, awesome get for AEW, and the women's division especially. They signed Michael Nakazawa, and also they signed Ace Romero, all 400-plus pounds of him. This is a big dude and a big name on the indies. He was already booked for the over-budget battle role, which they are going to be holding at Double or Nothing, which is cool. So that's six more names to add to the roster. They already have a talent list of 31 or 32 superstars, and that's not including the superstars from AAA and OWE. I mean, that's they're well on their way to... Becoming at the very least a ROH impact level promotion. ROH uh, impact. I can't even say impact. ROH NJPW level promotion to start. Right. Yeah, uh, they're on their way. They're, they're selling arenas. That's that's all you need to do. You need to put asses in seats. Yeah, and have good television. If you can do that, people are going to watch. Yeah, simple as that. So I do want to talk about uh, another one of the superstars that was signed to AEW back at the Double or Nothing rally, uh, Sonny Kiss. Uh, Sonny Kiss spoke out about AEW's agenda because um, he was getting some. Uh, I don't, I want to. I don't want to really say hate tweets, but he was he was getting some slack from from the wrestling community on social media about AEW's agenda behind signing him, uh, the likes of people like him or Nyla Rose, who was the first ever transgender uh, wrestling superstar. But Sonny Kiss did have an opportunity to interview with Wrestling Inc. So I do want to read you, uh, uh, I want to read you a quote from what he said in the interview. So Sonny said, a lot of people compare me to super awesome, great flamboyant wrestlers like Goldust, Rico, and Velveteen Dream. But little do they know, I'm actually authentic uh, the authentic version of the, these feminine characters. They do a great job at it, and I love them all, but at the same time, Sunny Kiss is authentic. I'm just a guy who is feminine. Obviously, it's very apparent. But at the same time, I'm just a wrestler, and I'm not a gimmick. 
I'm just this flamboyant, athletic, flipping dude, dude or dudette, however you see it, because I am very ambiguous with my sexuality and gender. I call myself a male, but I identify as gender neutral to the public. Uh, Wrestling Inc. then stated, AEW does not have an agenda to change the minds of people who don't like the LGBTQ identities in their wrestling, but is more interested in reaching out to audiences who benefit from seeing more diverse performers. Sonny Kiss then went on to say, I think that's what AEW is trying to do and not push some agenda. I know some people are thinking that, and it's really ridiculous. Let me also make a disclaimer that AEW or myself or Nyla is not trying to change anyone's idea or viewpoint of how life should be for them. We're not trying to push anything down anyone's throat. We're just giving people who don't have representation a role model and someone to look up to. We just want to coexist comfortably and what that means is that I don't want to change your viewpoint. I just want you to respect me the same way you would want me to respect you and your opinion. So, very, very strong words uh, from Sonny Kiss, who, for those of you that have not seen Sonny Kiss or Exolicious, as he was known when he was in Lucha Underground, <laughs> he is a fucking fantastic talent. And gender, religion, beliefs, all set aside, we watch wrestling because of the talented characters that we're seeing. Now, I think it's great that Sonny Kiss is saying, hey, I'm not a character, this is me. Which is awesome. He made himself, he uses his personality to portray a gimmick, to portray a character which helps him get over in the, in the, the wrestling community. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, I, I saw this happening too, unfortunately, with people thinking that AEW had an agenda. And this all happened soon, you know, a little too soon after the Double or Nothing rally. But people just have to start putting their, their, their opinions on this shit aside and just enjoy the wrestling for the sake of the wrestling. Is wrestling a sport? Is wrestling entertainment? Yes and yes. Yes, okay. Is RuPaul an entertainer? Ru- RuPaul, yes. RuPaul's an entertainer. So RuPaul is popular in the entertainment industry. Correct. Ru- RuPaul is a man that likes to dress like a woman. Correct. RuPaul does RuPaul's job very well. Correct. Okay. In the entertainment industry. Yes. So we've already we've already established that wrestling is an entertainment industry. So my question to you, like you just said, can Sunny Kiss work? Yes, hands down. Then, what, then what's the problem here? Exactly. People yeah. in the wrestling community just want to start debates and voice their opinions because their opinion is the only right opinion just for the sake of, of talking shit. Don't know what it is about the wrestling community. Um, I mean, we're part of the wrestling community. We're part of a, a very different wrestling community where we are all about the sport, all about the entertainment. We see what it is. We, we see it at face value. Other people just got to put th- their beliefs aside and just enjoy the entertainment for the sake of the entertainment. Yeah, exactly. It, it's what this is. It's an entertaining person who does wrestling well. Yeah. Okay, you, you, you want to go out there and try like, girl, that's cool, man. Just go out there and be good. Be good. Be entertaining. Yeah. You know, flamboyant's usually funny, and, mm-hmm. and funny's usually goes over well in, in wrestling. Yeah, 
especially with the I mean, yeah. look, Velveteen Dream, Rico, Goldust. I mean, dude, I love the Dream. The Dream yeah. might be my favorite wrestler right now. Yep. And th- there's no one complaining about the way Velveteen Dream acts. Nope. No, not nope. at all. All right, other news on the indie scene. Uh, Ray Phoenix was injured at an AAW show. It was a muscle contusion, which doesn't seem it sound that serious. So I think he'll still be available for double or nothing. It's nothing we should worry about. Yeah. And last but not least, if at a potential, there's an announcer of, or potential for an AEW performance center facility, and Billy Gunn Kipsop, is going Kipsop. to be the head trainer. By the yeah. way, Billy Gunn, who is going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. So I don't hear shit about people being pissy about Bret Hart doing StarCast and making that an issue. Right. When you have someone yeah, who's so. under contract with AEW being inducted into the fucking WWE Hall of Fame. But um, I, I did see some reports about you know Cody and the Bucks talking about doing like what, what NXT is doing and having a developmental system or a performance center facility something like that for AW. I don't think that's in the talks to happen in the immediate future, but I right. think that's definitely something that if AEW picks up and, the, and they have a successful first three to five years, I think then, yeah, then that then I could see them doing a performance center. I mean, WCW <laughs> had... Um, the, the power, power plan, I mean, power so plant. Pr- different promotions they have their de- developmental territories, and I think if AEW right. thinks that if they want to stick around for a long time, then this is the a great way to do it. Just ha- then they can start having their own homegrown superstars coming out of their performance center as well. That's when the shit will start getting real. Yeah, when AEW has like a performance center to match. WWE's, which is a very impressive facility. Extremely, extremely impressive. Very yeah, impressive. yeah. So, so I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to invest. I, I just can't see that happening for at least a. I mean, look how long it took WWE to get a performance center. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is just in their thoughts of what they wanted. I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. I can't see it happening sooner. Uh, that that soon anyway. Right. So. Billy Gunn in great shape so even though it was five years from now he'd still probably be in good enough shape to do it oh yeah he'd still be in great shape yeah. to do it and again from what I understand he's a great trainer I mean I've seen him on Tough Enough and stuff like that so I've seen him yeah. work with the younger talents as well so he's very good at what he does mm-hmm. absolutely so. alright Doc well that was a uh, fun adventure on the indies but let's talk about some other current events Uh, let's talk about first the WWE Hall of Fame. We it was announced this week that Harlem Heat is being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. That was shocking to me because Stevie Ray has no um, no background in WWE at all, but WWE does own WCW's entire library. And Hall of Heat was one of the top tag teams when WCW was around. They were like one of the top tag teams in the world at that time. Uh, They are, what was it, a, how many times did they have the tag titles? Do you remember? I believe they were, I believe they were 11 time WCW tag team champions. Yeah. It it was the most in the promotion's history. Harlem Heat 
was the shit. And dude, you think like Booker Ray is a jack? Like Stevie Ray, like like freaking dwarfed Booker T, dude. Yeah. He was a huge motherfucker, man. Yeah. He was a fucking house of a dude. And those guys can move and they were entertaining. Uh, I remember watching them all the time in WCW. I watched a lot of WCW in the 90s. Um, you know, just really, really solid tag team. Natural chemistry. They're obviously brothers. Um, yeah, this Stevie Wright never appeared in WWE, but he'd retired by that time. It wasn't like he was in other promotions. He just retired from wrestling. And WWE has inducted plenty of people into their Hall of Fame that weren't in WWE, but re- retired before WWE, like, took over their own promotion, such as uh, Vern Gagne from from uh, AWA, such as the Von Erich family, you know, they now WWE owns all those promotions libraries. Now they own the AWA library. They own the WCCW library. So they own the WCW library. Uh, Stevie Huffman, Stevie Ray was a a guy who had retired from wrestling by the time WWE had picked up WCW. So it's just it doesn't. It's not a new precedent. They didn't set any precedent bringing Stevie Ray in. Right. Um, this is going to be you know. Is this, a, is this a two-time induction now for Booker T? Yep. So he joins. He'll be joining Ric Flair and Shaw. Him and Shawn Michaels will be joining Ric Flair in the two-timer club. Yeah. Uh, Triple H. Triple H is going to get there eventually. Yeah, he'll eventually get there. Yeah. So Harlem Heat's going to be uh, joining Degeneration X, which is consisting of uh, Shawn Michaels, which will be his second time. Triple H will be his first time inducted. China, who is finally being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think is awesome. About um, time. And then X Pac, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog. So I think they picked the right six people to be inducted. People are people argue about Rick Rude not being involved in that, but Rick Rude, while he was there at the beginning of DX, he didn't have an impact on DX itself as it grew into into the six people that are being inducted uh, this right. year in the Hall of Fame. So now he DX. Tori Wilson, who is being inducted as well. People can talk all the shit they want about Tori Wilson not deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. But you know what? At the era of uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, during the time that she was a superstar, during that era, what she was doing for the company was what the women did. So she was good at what she did during that era. You can't compare Tori Wilson from the Attitude Era to the to the Charlottes and Becky and Rondas of the world now. Because women's wrestling was different back then. Yes, it was bra and panty matches. Yes, it was pudding matches and mud wrestling. You know what? That's what it was. We can't go back and change what it was then. We've learned. The economy has changed. So the women's evolution has evolved there's been an evolution in the women's in the women's wrestling but back then tori wilson was at the top of her game for what women's wrestling was then so she deserves this spot tori was like just the sunny of her time of that exactly like sunny started that and she's in the hall of fame and she's a fucking train wreck in the hall of fame tori's a decent person at least you know (laughs) sunny just got arrested again like two weeks ago for the sixth time this year she's a fucking disaster i know dude 
and she's oh, still in the Hall of Fame, but regardless. And also, uh, yeah. the other person that's that's being inducted they've announced so far is the Honky Tonk Man, who oh, is the fucking yeah. one of the, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Intercontinental champion of all time. So um, I'm surprised he didn't get inducted sooner, but I think that's awesome for Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. What a fucking sham. He should have been in the Hall of Fame years a ago, man. A long time ago, I know. <laughs> Dude, so anyway, talk, about taking, talk about taking the shittiest gimmick ever and making the and most make, out of it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and he had a long run, too. He had a very long dude, run. Dude, he sold this shit. That proves that if you can sell, the sh- if you can sell what the fuck they give you, you can make any gimmick work. He yep. sold the shit out of that fucking thing. Yep. Other <laughs> fucking Elvis impersonator. <laughs> It was perfect for that time. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't work now, but it worked then. Oh, oh man! I hope he gets a segment. I want to see him like have a segment with. Did he ever? Did he ever have a segment with Elias? No, he did You're not. Right. That would be that would be cool. No, I wonder, past, past is he ever the one in the past? He comes on TV every now and again. Yeah. He he's been in the Royal Rumble before and got choke slammed and landed by Kane and stuff. So he's he's he still pops up here and there. I think he still like does like. Date still every now and again, honky tonk man. Like on the indie scene, in in ring and stuff. I think he actually does. Hmm. I I I feel like I've seen his name in ring recently, like extremely part time. Very very extremely part time. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, man. I used to hate the honky tonk man when I was a kid, dude. (laughs) I hated the honky tonk man. Fucking couldn't, couldn't fucking. I was couldn't fucking stand him. <laughs> I thought he was so corny. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He, when he was IC champ, that was back when the IC champ, the IC title meant something. Last time the IC he title wrestled, really meant something back then. It did. Last time he wrestled was on June fifth, twenty sixteen. Impact Impact Pro Wrestling in New Zealand at the Armageddon Expo. Wow. Oh, so it was like the house shows. A bunch, house of dudes, bunch, of, bunch of dudes I never heard of. Brooke Duncan and Brightney were his teammates. And he faced their heavyweight champion, Kurt Chaos, Ooh. Taylor Adams, and, and Mr. Burns. Like from The <laughs> Simpsons, Mr. Burns. <laughs> all, all these yes. Yes. <clears throat> uh, anyway. Oh we're going to get Eight from New Zealand wrestling scene right. tonight. <laughs> All right. So in other news, we mentioned last week about Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson reportedly turned down a multi-million dollar deal to return to WWE after their contract is up, which I believe was in September's when their contract expires. But this week, Carl Anderson posted a video on social media. It was a video of his son. And his son is saying, my daddy says not to believe everything you read. And then his son began to floss and then gave the two sweet. So people are looking into it a lot. Some people, are, I, I believe it was Meltzer is saying that it does look like Gals and Anderson are leaving, even though Anderson posted this video of his son. So at this point, we've got to wait and see. On that topic, though, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but I do want to mention that this past week, on SmackDown, the Usos uh, had a backstage promo, yet again another fire promo, and they went through and pretty much called out every tag team, and at the very end they called out the one tag team, the brothers, the brothers who do this, 
I'm I'm doing the gun with the the the, the, the gun fingers. For those of you that can't see, well, none of you can see because we're not live on video. <laughs> um, and then and then the USO was like, but they're not USOs like us, and they gave the uh, the Samoan US symbol or the hang ten symbol, I should say. Uh, the so thing. The the thing. So I don't know if that if that seemed like it was the Usos calling out the Good Brothers. That would be. I mean, I didn't think of that being a thing at Mania, but I would love for that to be a thing. I mean, I would love to see it, even if it's like in a fatal four way or a triple threat. Yeah. I'd love to see the um, the Good Brothers in a WrestleMania tag team title match. I'd love to see them win the titles at WrestleMania. I would be great. Wouldn't that be the shit? <laughs> All right. Um, in final news, uh, real quick for current events, there's been reports about Eminem on WWE television when they moved to Fox. Now, I read some reports actually earlier today about the whole deal with Eminem. The deal with Eminem is not with Eminem specifically. It's with Eminem's agents and his management team about Eminem having to do something with the 2K20 soundtrack. There have been some talks about him making an appearance on SmackDown when it moves to Fox, but nothing more, nothing less. So there's no talks about Eminem being on WWE television week after week. He's not going to be put into a storyline, nothing like that. It's just him doing the soundtrack for the video game and maybe making an appearance on Smack on SmackDown when it moves to Fox. I've, I've, I already know it's going to happen. Is that when Cena goes back to the Thugonomics and that, has a rap um, battle with Eminem? Cena, Cena's already had. Damn it, Bones. You ruined my thunder. I was setting oh, that up perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely. He comes out. Shady comes out. So it's talking about 2K. Does some rapping. Cena's like, uh-uh. And then they come down the ring. And Cena has a Thugonomics battle with Shady. And then oh Shady... T- and then... Uh, and Shady takes an AA. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see Eminem taking any kind of bumps at all. Oh, man. All right, Doc. Well, listen, let's get into the remainder of the WrestleMania card. We have some titles like the WWE Championship, the IC title, US title, and all three tag titles that do not have matches set up yet. So we're going to talk about those and a little bit more right after this break. What up, fam? It's your boy, J.C. Bones. And I am the Smark Slayer, Doc Haas. Hey, and it's me, the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, and you can catch us every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. And if you enjoy the fourth wall experience, come join the fam by going to patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast, where you can receive early access to our shows for as low as $1 a month. $3 a month gets you more exclusive content for your weekly kayfabe consumption. $5 and $10 gets you all of that and so much more. So come be a part of the biggest draw for the critics. The Marks! A casual. And the hardcore. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Doc. So let's talk about the remainder of the WrestleMania card and what we think it's going to pan out to start looking like. Now, 
Two matches that they have not spoken about yet are the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and the Women's Battle Royals. Uh, as far as we know, we're going to assume that they're going to both be on the card because they just announced the Women's Battle Royal last year. It'd be dumb for them to announce it, have it one year, and then never have it again. Um, and the Andre Battle Royal, I mean, they usually start talking about it like a week or two before Mania because they just kind of throw anyone who's not on the main card in the Battle Royal. Um, so we're going to assume that those two matches are still on the card. So that's going to bring us to nine matches so far, quote-unquote, booked for WrestleMania, including the two Battle Royals. Now, you know whose name is very inconspicuous from this conversation as we talk about WrestleMania? Who is synonymous with WrestleMania? Uh, um, uh, Hercules. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, who, who else? Close, but not, not, not really. The Red Rooster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Undertaker. Undertaker, of course. Of course. Come on. <laughs> you know, this is the fir- We haven't talked about Undertaker at all. Uh, I think we all expected him to have maybe a rematch with John Cena this year, and that would be Undertaker's final match. But as we reported a few weeks ago, Taker's going to be at StarCast 2. Uh, he is no longer under contract with WWE, from what we understand. There is no official report, so I'm not dealing with rumor and innuendo, but from what we understand, he is no longer under contract. And he is not going to be at WrestleMania this year. This is the, the only- first... WrestleMania that he has not been at since WrestleMania 16 in the year 2000. Uh, excuse me, that that was not WrestleMania 16. That was WrestleMania 2000. Oh, sorry. Excuse me, WrestleMania 2000. Yes, the yes six, WrestleMania the, 2000. The 16th edition of WrestleMania. It's, this was the Attitude Era. Okay, yes. we didn't do things like number our WrestleManias in the Attitude Era. <laughs> right. But aside from that, Undertaker uh, has yes. been at every WrestleMania since WrestleMania X Seven up until WrestleMania Thirty Four. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, the only people that think Undertaker's coming to Mania are like ridiculous dirt sheet writers and the smarkiest of smarks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I don't see he's, Taker. He's not, he's not coming. He doesn't want to come. He doesn't want to wrestle. I think I, I, I'd be surprised if we ever saw him again. Yeah. You know, maybe he'll have like a farewell match at Mania next year. Maybe. Uh, or maybe he'll point, wait till next think... time Mania. Maybe he'll wait till next time Mania is in Houston and right. do something and have a farewell then. At this point, I don't think he's going to have a farewell match. I think he... I think his farewell match was when he lost to Brock Lesnar. But he just had, he just wanted to make some more money. So he did a few favors for Vince and faced Shane and faced Bray and faced Cena. And who else did he face no. since then? No, no, I disagree, dude. You don't think so? Dude, you cannot have a character like Undertaker and not have it like. I mean, you know what it was? Trust, no, trust I me, I know. Let me, let, me, let me back it up, back it up. I think his last match was supposed to be the Roman Reigns match right. at 33. Like, I don't, I still don't get why we did take her Cena last year. Yeah. Like, why did we do it? Just to say that we did take her Cena at Mania because we never did it. Yeah. Is, is it just like some sort of thing where, like, 
Vince looks at his history book and goes, I can't believe I fucked up and I didn't, I didn't do this in Mania. Yeah. And I was gonna, I was gonna book it at this year's Mania. Taker's gonna go and squash him. Like, yeah, but you know what though? On that note, if if his final match was last year's Mania against John Cena. That was the best we've seen Taker look in the ring in years. He has not looked... Now, given it was a squash match, it was a short match, but he looked good. Taker looked like Taker. The last time we saw him look that good at WrestleMania was when he fought CM Punk at Mania 29. Okay? Everything else from 30 on, he never looked that... He looked like he was an older man trying to get through a wrestling match with the younger talent. He looked good against Cena. So if that's his last match that we ever see him in, I'm okay with it. Because I don't want to see him attempt to get through another match again with someone that he can't get through a match with. Let's talk about chapters then, okay? Mm -hmm. Chapters of his career. After WrestleMania 29... That was his last, like, really good WrestleMania match against Punk. Mm-hmm. I was there. It, it came off great live. It was an awesome match. It was the highlight of the night, without a doubt. Right. Seeing Taker's entrance in a stadium is fucking out of control. Balls, big dick, good. Like, it is fucking great, man. That was an awesome moment. That was an awesome moment in my life as like a sports slash sports entertainment slash professional wrestling fan. Bone chills, dude. Absolute bone chills. Anyways, that was the last great, uh, the real last great match, you know, of Taker's like probably Taker's career period. And then WrestleMania third, like you said, that was the be- the end of the streak was the beginning of the end. And maybe the it was like okay. But I come back next year and I overcome Bray Wyatt and then I overcome Shane and, you know, but then I lose to Roman. Does that mean, and that's why I I gave up the yard that night to Roman, you know, I gave up the top dog status to Roman that night. But then, you know, Cena kept calling me out. So I just had to prove I could still go when I need to. And then I ride off into the sunset. So, yeah, you get some you get some good thought when you say that, you know, was last year the last moment then the Saudi Arabia things or. Saudi Arabia things that I tell, I get, I guarantee you, yeah. So you've already forgotten about it. Yeah. The Saudi Arabia things are going to be buried in history one day. Yeah. Like you know how the Kuwait Cup is buried in history, mm-hmm. dude. You want to hear some shit? Nick, what do you think is the weirdest place WCW ever had a ran a card? Um, at Sturgis. Sturgis, my ass. You want to know what a weird... That's the perfect place. I've been to Sturgis Story of Bike Week, dude. That's the perfect place to run a wrestling card. Weirdest place, dude. WCW held a huge event in North Korea in the 90s. Like, the North Korea. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, like... But that thing... It's been buried in history. No one knows that except for ridiculous people like myself who stay up way too late reading about the history of pro wrestling. Oh man. You know, but you know, much like the Kuwait cup is forgotten about these Saudi Arabia shows are going to be forgotten about, especially once WWE can just end this contract and pretend like it never happened. You know what I I think I would have rather have seen them do with taker is if taker had to lose to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. Okay, fine. Have him come back the next year at Mania. 
have him get another loss to Bray Wyatt and have him put over Bray Wyatt the following year. I, I know things in the wrestling business change, so that's why things kind of... They, they, they reacted last minute with the whole him versus Shane thing. If this whole him versus Shane thing never happened and put, mm-hmm. Ro- put Roman in that picture, have him have this big streak... He gets three losses in a row. He puts over Brock, puts over Bray, which would have been huge for Bray's career, and, and, and then put, puts over Roman. Then he takes a year or two off, then comes back, beats Cena, looks really good, and calls it a day. I mean, we're just kind of just, I mean, that's just... It's, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, maybe it wasn't Bray's time yet, man. If you look back on it, maybe it just... Like, Bray still has a long time to have that moment. Maybe Bray wasn't meant to have that moment against The Undertaker. I like Bray, but I'm a firm believer that you need to be an other world star to get that rub against The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I don't even think Roman deserved it when he got it, okay? I think they missed the boat with Bray Wyatt a long time ago. That's a topic that we could talk about forever. But I don't, the boat don't think so, though. A I think, long time ago. No, I, but no, there's still plenty of time for Bray Wyatt to get over, though. There's still Look how long it's taken Kofi Kingston to sniff the ass of, of the WrestleMania right. title match. You know? Look, uh, look, how long, look how long it took Shawn Michaels. Yeah. The fuck he gets to WrestleMania 12. It took him years. It took Bret Hart years in the tag team division before he he got to the fucking main event. You know, it takes a fucking. It took even took Ric Flair, you know, eight nine years to get or seven. I think seven eight years to get his first NWA title reign. Like it takes fucking time. Right. Bray still has. What's Bray about? What five four five years in now in W on the main roster? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's yeah, because they came after the Shield, the Wyatt family, right? They were like yeah. a year or so after. Yeah, we'll say five, six years. Maybe that sounds more about right. That's he's still got time to really get his freaking moment, man. Right? Maybe Taker was it? Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Then oh, call me just uh, call me cynical. I don't know. Yeah. Well, listen, one thing I do agree with you on though is I don't believe Roman Reigns was was ready last year to get that rub from Undertaker. Last year wasn't the time. Now, with with the recent events that have happened, I think now, I'm not saying this year's Mania, but in a in a upcoming Mania would have been more of Roman's time. But the only reason Roman was in that spot was because Vince reacted and he wanted to put Roman over and he wanted the fans to start believing in Roman. Like, cool Roman, you're gonna you're gonna beat Taker. It doesn't mean much, though, because Taker already had a loss to Brock. So it didn't mean that much when Roman beat him. Like, that was... And you see how much heat he got on Raw the next night? He didn't say a word. The crowd just booed him. He put the the mic to his mouth, and the crowd booed and booed and booed. Vince needs to learn that once we find out you're Vince's guy, we're going to boo you. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Vince's guy is getting booed. Well, let's Just talk about let's talk about Vince's guy. So Roman Reigns is back. Okay, uh, right. there's nothing set up yet for WrestleMania, but you've mentioned it, and I've mentioned it too. That you know, people like Drew McIntyre, 
that we we thought would be in the title picture around Royal Rumble uh, would be in the, I'm sorry would be in the title picture by Royal Rumble, but he's not yet. But this past Monday on Raw, they started to foreshadow a potential feud between McIntyre and Reigns. We both know McIntyre has been vocal about it, and now Roman's been vocal about getting that universal title shot after Mania. I think this would be a good opportunity to have a number one contenders match, Drew versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, especially now with what they just foreshadowed this past week on Raw, with McIntyre attacking mm-hmm. Roman Reigns and then having the false Count anywhere match with Dean Ambrose and really, really just killing Dean Ambrose uh, on Raw. This is a perfect opportunity now for Roman Reigns to avenge his friend and beat Drew McIntyre to get himself back into the title picture. Yeah, absolutely. And they need to add the stipulation to this. I like, you don't get enough of those number one contenders matches. This is a big time number one contenders match. Like, put this is a WrestleMania style number one contenders match. And you can tie the number one contenders match into the Universal title match that night, which makes the whole storyline more interesting when you do that. Yeah, I agree. So now with all of this happening, we just saw the Shield have their final match last week on Elimination Chamber. So you mentioned earlier, so we're just going to say the Shield is done. Shield is no more. Or do you think we'll still see Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns together on TV between now and Mania? I mean, I think they'll be like... Or, hold on, or is Ambrose off TV now after the beating he took from Drew McIntyre? Is that the last that, we see of Ambrose? That could be the last we see of Ambrose. It really could be, man. Um, that was a vicious, vicious mm-hmm. shot he took at the end of Raw. Yeah. Like, uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, when he was stuck like, was, in the banister. That was Yeah, very, or the banister. Yeah, innovative. not the chair, the banister. I'm sorry, yeah. the banister. Yeah. It was very, very innovative. It was yeah. an interesting spot, something you don't see all the time, and that's... I could see them just now. He's off because now, now he has an injury of some sorts or something. And that leads to, like, Roman, like, sticking up for Ambrose, like, attacking, you know, Drew because of what he did to Ambrose. And it turns into a whole thing. I think it's it. Or it's it. You definitely write Ambrose off TV. And even if it's at work, if you write Ambrose off TV, it builds more into the story, even if it is at work, you know? Right. So I liked it. I thought it was a really awesome way to end Raw this week. Mm-hmm. I Drew needs to be ending Raws. It's where he belongs. Yeah. I want to see less of him with Lashley and Corbin. I want that thing to be over. Yeah. You know, they lost. It's over. Move on. Um, and then is give me the number one contenders match. Doesn't even matter who wins. Roman has to win, actually. Uh, I would in that so. moment. Yeah. At this point, but, yeah. You know, on, on, unless the, the, it's a dusty finish and there's interference or something, and Drew, that's how Drew gets over. Uh, but I, I could see, I, I think it makes the most sense for Roman to win. But if Roman does win, how far back does that put Drew McIntyre from the title scene? Not far. You put Roman against Heel Rollins. You heard me, Heel Rollins. Heel Rollins. And uh, <laughs> you put Roman against, and whoever wins that just gets Drew right away. Drew could feud with anybody at this point. Right. Even if, like, the champions are healed, Drew is concerned, should be concerned with winning titles. It doesn't matter who's holding them. And that's how we should, how we should be booked. Well, let's talk about a champion that is healed. Let's talk about Daniel Bryan. 
the WWE champion on SmackDown. So we've been talking for weeks now about the whole Kofi King, uh, the Kofi Mania uh, craze that has been happening over the past few weeks. So Kofi Kingston thought he had an opportunity at Elimination Chamber, ended up being put in a squ- uh, in a handicap match against the Bar, which ended up being a squash match, just so the Bar could take out Kofi. And then this week on SmackDown, Vince McMahon called Kofi out to talk to him about his opportunity at WrestleMania to face Daniel Bryan for the title. In order for Kofi Kingston to get that opportunity, he has to win a gauntlet match on SmackDown this week. He's going to be facing Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Sheamus, Cesaro, and Eric Rowan. Uh, The last time someone had to win a gauntlet to get into the title picture was Steve Austin where he had to take on the corporation on Monday Night Raw, and he had to face six of them, but only got through five until I believe The Rock interfered at the end, so Austin ended up losing the final match. So to this day, no superstar has ever won a five- or six-person gauntlet match to earn a title shot. Do you think there's going to be shenanigans in the Scotland match? Or is Kofi going to win this and go to Mania? I think Kofi wins this and goes to Mania. Yeah, Kofi wins this and goes to Mania. I'm just trying to debate whether... Kevin Owens gets involved in this match somehow. That's what you I want to say. Now, thinking back yeah. to when Austin had this, Austin faced six people. There are only five people listed right now, Orton, Joe, Rowan, Cesaro, and Sheamus. Make Kevin Owens the sixth person. After, A second add-on? Yes. After, after Kofi beats all five, he thinks he won. Vince McMahon comes out. No, you have one more opponent. Out comes Kevin Owens. Why? Because Kevin Owens never got pinned at Elimination Chamber when he had his opportunity to face DB for the title. And then have KO and Kofi be the final match that Kofi has. Uh, Some kind of dusty finish, either interference, double countout, or a no contest, which puts both KO and Kofi in the title match at Mania against Daniel Bryan. Right. You know, and then you know, and then you can still save Kofi's like WrestleMania singles match maybe for next year for if next he year. keeps exactly. this if this push keeps up for it him. It doesn't you know? have to happen right now. Yes, right, right. As that, and Daniel Bryan can can win at Mania too. Like I am not. It's not like Kofi. Kofi Mania is starting to like get tore. It's starting to be reminiscent of Daniel Bryan in 2014, leading up to WrestleMania 30. But it's not the same, right? Like let's let's just take a fucking step back here. Like Dan did the yes movement was taking over fucking shows. Mm-hmm. It legitimately was stopping the production of shows at times to the point where people couldn't. I mean, it was a historic. Kofi Mania is great. It's not historic. It can take another year to brew. And, and build and be even better next year. Just a thought. Yeah, but what is going to be great is Kofi's performance in this gauntlet match. If it's anything like like the last gauntlet match he was in, it's going to be 
another match of the year candidate, I think, uh, this coming week. And he has some really really good opponents he's going against. So I'm looking forward to seeing this this uh, this gauntlet match on Tuesday. Absolutely. So let's talk about another title that is not on the card yet, the Intercontinental title. So Finn Balor was the IC champion. He beat, well, he beat Leo Rush, I should say, in a handicap match against Leo and Bobby Lashley. Well, this past Monday on Raw, <clears throat> Lashley uh, was able to get a rematch against Finn Balor, and all thanks to Leo Rush, Lashley won the title back. So that means right there, in my eyes, this feud is not over. They're going to fight at Mania, and the Demon's going to come back. The Demon's coming back? Why did Finn have to lose the title? I don't know. To, to give Finn the win at Mania? As the demon, I don't know. I don't know what the point was or why he but had to the, lose it. Bobby Lashley, they mm-hmm. could have scheduled a match at Mania, and Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush could have just made his life a living hell for the next three weeks on Raw, coming up with different ways each week to push Finn Balor over a limit to to, and then to say like on Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush could even paint it as. We want the demon. We want the best Finn Balor. We want to, you know, like have them come at him that way. Right. Like have them bring the demon out that way. Not like Finn loses the title. Oh, here comes the demon. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't like it. Oh, I, I'm a little. They they, they, they wasted the demon the last time when he faced fucking Baron Corbin at SummerSlam and he was the demon. You know, that 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 was a waste of that, it. Just they blew a good chance to keep. This title is keep this story a lot more interesting. Yeah, uh, but, like uh, I'm out of it now. Sorry, boom. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I, I know you mentioned you thought this was going to be a multi man match. I think now with Lashley winning the title back, it's going to be just Finn, Finn and Lashley yeah. at Mania. No, that that looks like it's where it's yeah. going. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Let's stay on the topic of mid card titles. We have the U.S. title. I still. A part of me still thinks it's going to be a multi-man match because they, they're they still keeping R-Truth, Rey Mysterio, and Andrade all involved in the U.S. title picture. This past week on SmackDown, it was a tag match, Samoa Joe and Andrade versus Rey Mysterio and R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio got the pin on Samoa Joe. So is Samoa Joe going to make Rey's life a living hell now, and is it going to be a singles match? Uh, at WrestleMania, and is Mysterio going to win the U.S. title finally so he can now be a Grand Slam champion? Or are they going to keep it a multi-man match and let Samoa Joe run with the U.S. title? If the Intercontinental title is a singles match, then this is now a multi-man match. You know, This means Samoa Joe John Cena is not happening, You know, especially as it looks more and more likely that John Cena is facing Kurt Angle, like we were talking about earlier. Right. So, with that all being said... Um, this is going to be a multi-man match. I think you just saw the four men that will be involved in the match yeah. in that tag match on Raw. Oh, I'm sorry, SmackDown this past week. Um, there's a story with Ray and the U.S. title. Like you said, there's a story with Ray and Andrade's rivalry. There is a story with Ray pitting pitting Joe. There's a story with our truth being our truth, <laughs> and you know what? Truth At this always. point, someone like our truth needs to have a WrestleMania moment. So I think it'd be great to see our truth uh, at WrestleMania in some capacity. But also, like Andrade has to be in this picture somehow because they've done so much yeah. with him yeah. and Rey Mysterio over the past few months or the past few weeks, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. 
like they can't keep him off of the WrestleMania card. He's like that up and coming. He's like the up and coming UFC fighter that's just starting off their career. It's like straight fire, mm-hmm. and it's just climbing the ranks and just working his way towards getting his moments and his championship opportunities. Right. That's what Andrade is. Dude, uh, Andrade is going. Andrade is going to be champion at some point, and he's going to be what they wanted Alberto Del Rio to be. The straight stud man. Yeah. So, all right. So we both think it's going to be a multi-man match. Yeah. And after developments and everything I, on TV this week. Yeah. What I could see is maybe having Joe and Ray trying to blow off that that angle on a SmackDown, but still have Truth and Andrade get involved in those matches somehow. So yeah, I can see this right. being a multi-man match. Uh, now let's talk about finally the Raw and SmackDown tag divisions. So uh, Doc, let's run bo- run bones. down this real quick. For those of you um, listening at home, Bones has the notebook out. So buckle I have in. my notebook with a lot of notes. All right, so the Raw and SmackDown tag team title picture. I don't know where either of these things are going. Let's run down the roster so far. So on Raw, we have the, the champs of the Revival. On Raw, the other tag teams are Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. AOP, who are currently out because I believe it's Akum, is out with an injury, so they're not going to be involved in Mania. Then we have the rest of the teams on Monday Night Raw. You ready for this, Doc? Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Ooh. Lucha House Party, The Ascension, The B Team, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, and Heath Slater and Rhino. That's our Raw Tag Team Division, okay, that are are set to be on the Raw roster, okay? You take the top of that and put heavy machinery in there. Yes, well, I have heavy machinery listed, but I'll get to them in a minute. Okay. okay. Essentially, the last five teams that I just mentioned, uh, Ryder and Hawkins, Lucha House Party, Ascension, B-Team, and Slater and Rhino, you're going to see all of them in the Andre Battle Royal if they have the Battle Royal. Right. Like, that's where those teams are going to go. They're not going to be anything else. SmackDown. Now, check out SmackDown's tag division. They have the champs, the Usos. They have the New Day. They have the Bar. They have the Club. They have Sanity. They have Rusev and Nakamura. They have the Hardy Boys. And they still have the Colognes. The Colognes will be in the Battle Royal. But one, two, three, four, five, six. They have seven of the top tag teams right now. I mean, I'm still including Rusev and Nakamura in that picture too because. They're turning into a pretty good tag team, and I like seeing them together in the ring. So those are... But guess what? What? They're going to be in the Battle Royal. (laughs) No, they're not. It's not going to happen. Yes, it is. All right. Well, so that's who we have to work with right now. Uh, And you mentioned Heavy Machinery, and we can't forget Ricochet and Aleister Black. They are a tag team, quote-unquote tag team, on the main roster. So what's going to happen with these titles at this point? Because they didn't really develop any kind of storyline for the Raw or SmackDown tag titles this past week on Raw. Usos had a backstage uh, vignette, a little promo, 
I told you, it looks like they called out the Good Brothers. Don't know what's going to come of that. Uh, the Revival still has the tag titles. Nothing was developed with them on Raw this week. So again, we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next two weeks. But I still have this gut feeling that we're going to end up seeing the tag divisions unified. Uh, because if you're looking at the list I just gave you, the divisions are kind of lopsided. SmackDown has all the tag teams. Raw has none. So, I think it's the smartest move to break up a couple of these teams. Like, they need to break up the B team, break up Heath Slater and Rhino, have the New Day go go for singles uh, titles, and let all the rest of the tag teams be the tag division. Revival, Rooting Gable, AOP, Bar, Club, Usos, Rusev Nakamura, Hardys, Sanity. That's nine tag teams. And out of those nine, listen to, listen to the talent that, that I'm talking about there, you know? Like, a lot of those names are future Hall of Famers. Like, these guys are, there are some big names I just listed there. Like, I mean, we, we could talk about a ton of options. We've probably talked about at Nauseam all the options that we would do for the tag division. But what is going to happen at WrestleMania now? Why can't you just move some of the to the SmackDown tag teams to Raw after WrestleMania for the shakeup? Well, you can. I mean, that, that's that's bound to happen, of course. You just leading well, and you also did you mention the Hardys on I did your the SmackDown Hardys, list? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Okay, of I just wanted to make sure. You know, my thought was they were going to do maybe Hardys Usos for the SmackDown tag titles, and then have a multi-man for the Raw. Get Rudy Gable, you get Revival, you get. Alistair Black and Ricochet. And Heavy Machinery. You get maybe Heavy Machinery, yeah. yeah. And just do, and that's fine. And everybody else goes to the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. You just have to move something, maybe move the bar over to Raw. Maybe you don't move the bar. Maybe move like. Uh, Sanity. Sanity Since over it looks to Raw. like Nikki Cross is staying on Raw, put the Sanity on Raw, put Sanity on Raw so they can right. make up with Nikki Cross. Right, you can do that. Why don't you move, uh, even move. Move um, Gallows and Anderson back to Raw, maybe. I don't know. They were on. So I don't know if you knew about this little tidbit of information that I have, but this past week on Elimination Chamber, when Rusev and Nakamura lost to uh, the New Day, Rusev now has made history by tying the great Kali with the most consecutive losses in a pay-per-view. Rusev has lost... His last 17 pay-per-view appearances. And he is now tied with the great uh, colleague. Uh, Let me repeat uh, that. 17 consecutive pay-per-view losses. Why do you have to lose all the time? <laughs> How fucking terrible is that? You know what? Uh, Make Rusev and Nakamura top contenders for the SmackDown titles and let them hold the titles even for a month. Let him yeah. win something. That's a, sh- a fucking damn shame what they're doing to Yeah, and he's so he's good, man. He's good. So they maybe they're trying to make him angrier. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> he's, he'll end up going to AEW. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. His anger will just turn into lots of money. Yeah. So uh, I think all in all, the I think the moral of this story is that the fucking tag division is too goddamn confusing right now. There is a lack of creative over here on what to do on each of the two brands. The divisions are lopsided. 
I mean, half of the Raw tag division, you never even see him on fucking TV. Like, when was the last time you saw Slater and Rhino? In Jan- maybe two months ago? Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I, always forget it. I always forget that they even exist. Yeah, so... It's a it's a real it's a real rough division right now, and they need a lot of work going into Mania. So I'm interested to see what the, if they do something to really spice up the, the tag division going into Mania now. Yeah. Uh, all right, last but not least, talk about the women's tag titles. I think this match for Mania is going to, is pretty much set in stone. But let's talk about it. So we have Sasha and Bailey have the titles. They just defeated Nia Jax and Tamina uh, at Elimination Chamber last week. We also have uh, Beth Phoenix, who was attacked by Nia and Tamina after the match at the pay-per-view. But then Beth Phoenix came back to Raw and was in the corner of Natalia as Natty took on, uh, I believe she faced Tamina on Raw, I forget. Uh, but now you have Beth and Natty uh, essentially together again. I believe their tag team name is the Divas of Doom. If I remember correctly, yeah, it's correct. All right, Divas of Doom, um, and also on SmackDown, you have the Iconics who have been calling out Sasha and Bailey. Going, you said you're going to defend your titles on every brand. You've been to Raw, you've been to NXT, but you have not shown up on SmackDown. We want you on SmackDown. We want those titles. So, I think the story writes itself. Sasha and Bailey throw Nia and Tamina back in there for their rematch. Uh, throw Beth and Natty in there. Why not? Because Beth and Natty are a great tag team, the two of them. It's awesome to see Beth Phoenix back in the ring again. And then give the Iconics that opportunity again because the Iconics need something. I think it would be great to see them on a on, on a big stage like WrestleMania. And I think this would be a great Fatal 4-Way match, similar to what I had fantasy booked in my Bones Mania from our bonus show last week, just with a couple different teams. You know, I did say right. Nia and Tamina and Sasha and Bailey, and I did talk about the passing of the torch. I was thinking Trish and Lita. Beth and Natty could fit in that role as well. Yeah. Uh, right. I And the other team, I believe I thought it was the Riot Squad. I forget the other four team I chose. But So the Iconics, same thing. It still fits the same criteria of what I was looking at. So do you have any other thoughts on this, or you, do you think this is going to be the, what, what I just mentioned? It's... I think this is what you just mentioned. And the only thing I like to see is maybe a fatal four-way elimination match so we can actually get like a Sasha Bailey versus Beth Natty one-on-one moment. Yeah. yeah. That would make that. it a lot that would make it a lot more special, man. Yeah. So yeah. All, all in all, man, we're like like I mentioned earlier, we're about halfway booked with WrestleMania. Seven matches, nine if they actually have both the battle royals. Either they're going to have there's still another that's all right, so we got nine matches, including the Battle Royals. Six more titles still have to have matches, plus a potential number one contender match, Roman versus Drew. That's seven more matches. That's 16 matches. That's more than you and I booked on our fantasy WrestleManias. Are we going to be at a... Is WrestleMania going to be like an eight-hour show? Uh, I just don't think... I have the feeling the Battle Royals aren't happening. That's my gut feeling. Yeah. I think that's what makes the most sense because you know what? The Battle Royals don't do anything for the winners. They haven't since day one. Like, what has happened with Cesaro or Big Show or Mojo Rawley or Baron Corbin from Andre the Battle Royal? Nothing. Nothing fucking happened. You know, they never had a stipulation for the winner of the matches. They did nothing with, with Naomi when she won the Women's Battle Royal last year. So, you know what? It was fun. 
get him off the card, and it, and fill it up more with some of these great one-on-one tag team matches, these four, uh, fatal four-way matches. Fill up the card with more of these. And I think this is, this is what's going to be good. We're shaking it up. Fam, before we head out tonight, let me tell you about the upcoming shows. March 23rd, we'll be bringing you episode number 18. On March 28th, Smarky will be back with his singles run, episode number 6. On March 30th, we'll be giving our Fantasy Superstar Shake-Up Part 2. That'll be episode 19. That'll lead up to our content marathon starting April 1st with Kayfabe Classics on WrestleMania 10 which was at Madison Square Garden. On April 3rd, we'll be doing WrestleMania 20, also from Madison Square Garden. On April 4th, Bones and Smarky will be at the Rant with Ant Gala. Uh, sorry, everybody in the fourth wall fam, I could not make it as the uh, the bass guitar, unfortunately, came calling that night. Um, there will they will be taking part in the war room debate on Twitch TV backslash RWA World. So make sure you check that out, as uh, they'll be debating with all our good friends across the WrestleAttic Radio Network. On April fifth, Smarky will be dropping us uh, his uh, single run episode number eight. It'll be his takeover New York post show. So make sure you're there for that. April sixth, we will be dropping episode number twenty. Nice, even, crisp round number will be our first ever Wrestlemania preview and prediction show I'm really looking forward to that mm-hmm. Wrestlemania is my favorite show so I'm really looking forward to it um, April 7th we don't have a sh- we don't necessarily have a show we will have a live stream that live stream will be in the parking lot of MetLife Stadium because that day of MetLife Stadium will be Wrestlemania and the fourth wall WrestleCast will be hosting the fourth wall WrestleMania tailgate. We'll be streaming it live on Facebook.com backslash fourth wall cast launching very soon. April 8th, Monday morning aftermath. Obviously, Sunday night aftermath is going to be an issue because we'll be at WrestleMania <laughs> and we'll be getting home well, well, well after midnight. And I'll most likely be hungover. Not gonna lie. I like I like I like tailgating. <laughs> it's gonna be and fun trying Life. to get through uh, aftermath on Monday morning too. Me and you. <laughs> MetLife Stadium is one of my favorite places to tailgate. I'm gonna. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be Monday morning. It's gonna be like, hey, uh, this is awesome. Becky wants. She's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll have Monday morning after that. We're gonna record it Monday morning. Launch. Put it out there as soon as we're done. It'll be on April eighth. We'll have our results from Mania and our reactions from Mania. Right on. Well, listen, folks, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 17 and for sticking around for as long as you have for our super show. Uh, we did tell you earlier it was going to be a lot of information to talk about, and we covered everything. So if this is your first time tuning in, I am your host, JC Bones, and you can follow me on Twitter at JC Bones. And I am your good doctor, 
Doc Haas, and you can find me on Twitter at D-R-H-A-A-S-E number four W-C. And you can please also check out our third man, Johnny Smarks, on Twitter at Johnny Smarks a lot. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. You can check us out every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network, available on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to show your support by giving us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at FourthWallCast. Please go to Represent.com and search for Wrestle Addict Radio, and please buy our merchandise. And last but not least, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash fourthwallwrestlecast. Be a part of the Fourth Wall fam, get early access to our shows, exclusive content, merchandise discount codes, and so much more. If you've enjoyed the Fourth Wall experience, please be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe, and join our Patreon, and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Goodbye, and good night. Good W is for wrestling. That's good enough for me. E is for entertainment. That's good enough for me. Obviously, we need to go to bed. I'll yeah, see you dude. later. It's like 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, I got to work in the morning, so I'll get you later. All right, bro. All right. Peace. Later.